the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Waiting for Matt Smith. He should be here any moment. He's going to join us. We're going to talk with him right off the bat about what movies you'll want to see. I'll tell you right now, the one that most of you will want to see that are into action movies, who enjoy action movies, who enjoy John Wick, and then John Wick 2, you'll probably be lining up to buy your tickets or getting on the the internet and buying you a ticket to go see uh, John Wick 3. Just going to tell you what, John Wick 3 is better than John Wick 1 or John Wick 2. These movies keep getting better, and uh, this one especially is good. And any of you who are like me that used to like the Iron Chef series, I don't even know if that's still on now. I haven't been looking, and I've looked a couple of times at Food Network, hadn't seen it. But uh, here's what I'll tell you. The bad guy, you know, the chef that introduces the show and then tells what the secret ingredient is? He's the bad guy. Gotta love it. That guy has been in a ton of movies, and he knows his martial arts. Well, today we are again on the same page. Yeah, you've seen it. You liked it, didn't I you? I went this morning for a private screening of John Wick 3 <laughs> at the Riverdale 10. Saw that first thing this morning. Skipped out on my personal training. Went down there and saw John Wick. Mm-hmm. Then I swung by Cajun's Wharf for lunch. Is this their last week? Closing down June 1st. Oh, June 1st. Okay. It's their last, last day. And... Um, then I had to run some car parts out to my mechanic. That's why I'm a couple minutes late. But I would have made it, but those slow Corvette drivers, they get in your way on the freeway. And, <laughs> you know, you can't get around why those clowns. Why do you buy a, a vet and then not drive it like a vet? Well, they do. They just, they're, they're sadly mistaken that those are fast cars. I mean, somebody oh, has convinced okay. those guys that GMAC is financing sports cars for eight years. I mean, it's a joke, but whatever. They tried. <laughs> I would have been on time, but unfortunately, those, well, those Corvette were, guys slowed me were, down. You were slow by one minute. I got Not three bad. words for you. Three words. John Wick 3. That's all I got It's a you. great movie. I totally agree with you. It's the best of the three. Yes. It is off the hook good. It's spot on. It's like they learned so much from making the first two. Now, I want my man Keanu Reeves, I want him to go ahead and put this sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in the bag, because they're making that now, with his original co-star. Right. Let's get that done. Let's make a new Matrix film. I want him to do that. Then I want him to circle back to John Wick, and let's get John Wick 4. Yeah, okay? four, yeah 4 is, they should put it to bed, I think, at that point. Man, but they won't. I don't know. <laughs> I but mean, they won't. I mean, just just everything. I love the I, I love the Belgian Manoir dogs in this. I love Haley Berry's part. She was fantastic. She was great. That's such an addition to the movie. Yeah, it is. You know, obviously, we still got Winston. You know, our main man from Deadwood. And you know? then you got the main guy from Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I- it was great. It, it, by far the best of the three. And this this is one of those franchises where 
the sequels have been better. The first film was good. Second film was better. But by far, this is a leap forward. Um, just the style. Some good backstory the stuff. The cinematography. The, oh, the, yeah. the way they pulled in elements of the first two films into the third one. The way it was shot. I, you know, it should be number one at the box office this weekend. It should go ahead and knock in game so. off. I think it's going to do very well. I know the hardcore fans went out last night to see it. I was there. Um, yes, and and I think they'll have rave reviews for it on social media today, and I think that'll help drive some box office. Plus, you know, this is a this is a male male oriented film, and you know the hardcore guys that love Avengers Endgame have already seen it, mm-hmm. and you know that was that was a month ago. So I, I I think I think John Wick has a shot at being number one at the box office this weekend with Avengers falling to number two, but just. Just impressive all the way around. A tour de force. I mean, I, I figured you probably watched it last night at the Cabot Theater. Here's what the only thing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, tell you, go I, ahead. Lo- I love the movie. I'm going to okay. just say I love okay. the movie. Okay. I just felt guilty sometimes laughing at it. At, at some of the some, yeah, of, the some of the violence, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked how they. But it's so over the top in places. Well, the, the hand-to-hand combat stuff and, and, and the things with the knives and the other objects Woo. like the books and things like that that he's using to kill those guys, oh. that is a little gory. But now the weaponology yeah. is spot on. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've done their research. That. Changing the clips and, and swapping those bullets around and what he does with the flashlights and things like that. I mean, that's that's really cool. I I, I just, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a tour de force. It was just Okay, so there, what I'm just saying, you know? the book scene, uh-huh. I would say no more no, about it. No, don't spoil it for I, people. I won't spoil right, it right. for you. No spoilers. But I laughed after it happened. Because it was so over the top. It was. I, I just it was. laughed at it. It was. It was great. But, but, another, I didn't feel bad okay. totally because two-thirds of the audience was laughing with me. <laughs> well, if you went last night, you're you're a John Wick fan, yes. and, and you are actually looking for the new way he's going to kill, kill a bad people. guy. Kill people, yeah. You know, how's he going to kill a bad guy in this one? What's the new thing? And and, and, the and they book don't one, wait long to show you. The book The book sticks <laughs> out at the, at the whole library deal this time out, yes. And, and that was outrageously good. I, I liked Angelica Houston's part. She was great. Was see, that was the backstory that we knew nothing about. I really liked that whole tie-in that was nice and and yes we've got those players that are coming back as far as the concierge which you know from spartacus what is so he's so good winston you know he's back so that's good and they brought in a they brought in one of the characters um that's from billions on showtime okay Uh, that's the uh adjudicator Uh, that person has a reoccurring role on billions i want her to die yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Well, I, I don't even like that character on Billions. I, I, I just think I want that her to die. Both of the parts that I've seen her play are people that I cold intensely do not like. Yeah, cold you know, people just just don't like them. I mean, her part on Billions is is yeah, just kind of a kind of a blah part. I don't like that person. You know whose part built up as well in this in this uh, one, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, he's great, you know. I he mean, was ever since, really good yeah, in ever, this one. I think he's been underrated since he, you know, did Apocalypse Now, which yeah. was his first role, 1979, yeah. you know, Paramount. I mean, I, I think they're, they'll they'll have him and John Wick uh, teaming up in, in, in part four, you know. Yep. Uh, I just, I, all the way around, superb for a straight-ahead, full-throttle, pedal-to-the-metal From action From the very pick. beginning, let me Boom. just say, it opens up with John Wick 
running. <laughs> That's Boom. all you got to know. <laughs> Just on, on fire from there. Yeah. It was a great movie. I'm going to go see it again. I just talked to Zach a few minutes ago. He's going tonight. He's going to see it on the big, big screen. He's going to IMAX to see it. I said, don't be sitting too close to the screen. You'll miss a third of the action. I'm surprised he didn't watch it last night. No, he he couldn't get out. He had did, did he say that he had baseball last night, I think, perhaps? So anyway, uh, I've already got things set up for the 31st. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still waiting. I think it's n- next weekend that Brightburn comes out. Next week is uh, Booksmart, Brightburn, and Aladdin. Those three are on the 24th. Can I ask you? You want you've seen the trailer mm-hmm. for Booksmart, right? Yeah, yeah. Does it make any sense to you? You know that I, I'm surprised that movie is going as wide as it is. That is kind of an an, an indie type film that you know, and I'll play it at Market Street, uh-huh. uh, but they want me to play it at all of my locations. I don't wow. know if that's necessarily a small town film. I, I would guess agree because I, I don't get it. Yeah, I guess they're trying to put it out there uh, <laughs> wide. I'm just a small town guy. Yeah, for Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> you know. I, I, I guess that's why they're pushing that out there. But you know, this weekend, weekend we've got John Wick three, yeah, uh, a dog's journey, and uh, of course this weekend um, you have. Um, Oh, the third one that came out today, the uh, of the three new ones, a star is, uh, a, the sun is also a star. Yes. Those three this Friday. And the next Friday is Booksmart, Aladdin, and Brightburn. And then on the 31st, you have Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, Ma, and Rocketman. That's going to be a big movie weekend for me. I want to see all three of those movies. I'm... I'm looking forward to Rocket Man. Uh, that is probably another one like like John Wick that I will you know really anticipate seeing. Gotta see Godzilla. I've been into Godzilla since yeah. I was a little boy, three years old. I, and next week, uh, Brightburn and Aladdin should strongly perform. I don't know what to think about Booksmart. I'm with you on that. I don't. Know I, what to I think just about don't get the trailer. I watched the trailer and I don't get it. So. Uh, I might go see the movie just to try to figure out what the trailer was about. Well, we've got John Wick at all of my locations Good. this weekend. You, you um, should. Cabot, Searcy, Hot Springs, and Riverdale. I bet it plays on more than one screen. And we've got Red Joan exclusively at Riverdale uh, with uh, Judy Dench, uh, Sophia Cookson, Tom Hughes. Lady. Yes. Directed by Trevor Nunn, uh, Riverdale10.com for the Red Joan film with, with, with Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's exclusive for Riverdale. And then uh, The Sun is also a star, is playing in Cabot and Cersei. Now, let me ask and, you a question uh, about that, just something about that movie. Is that not a young adult series of books? Yes. PG-13, okay. uh, college-bound rom- romantic meets and falls for a Jamaican-born pragmatist over one magical day amid the fervor and fury of New York with just hours to figure things out before her family is deported. Okay. Yes. PG-13, Anissa Lee directs. I just thought it was a, you know, it's a... Young adult novel. YA Series of books. Yes. Yes. Playing that in Cabot and Cersei, uh, I would say this is an analogous to Five Feet Apart, kind of that age range and that that, uh, demo of kind of a kind of a, a movie for teenagers. Well, it looks like high for, schoolers for female teenagers, much like Five Feet Apart. Yeah, yes, and that's playing Captain Cersei. And then I have a dog's journey. That's a family film. 
PG, uh, that's in Cabot, Searcy, and Riverdale. Uh, a dog makes a promise that in whatever new life his soul ends up, he'll help his owners protect their baby daughter with Dennis Quaid. Playing a totally different part than the last movie he was in, The yes. Intruder. Dog's Journey PG, good for the whole family. That's at Riverdale, Cabot, and Searcy. Uh, the Sun is also a star, PG-13, just Cabot and Searcy. And then, of course, um, Red Joan, uh, just at Riverdale. And then uh, John Wick 3, uh, Parabellum, R, uh, Cersei, Cabot, Hot Springs, and Riverdale. And then next week, uh, Aladdin will play Cersei, Cabot, Riverdale, and Hot Springs. And we have Aladdin exclusively in Garland County, uh, the only theater playing the film there. Uh, Also next week, we'll have Brightburn, uh, Little Rock, Cabot, Cersei, and Hot Springs. And Brightburn is also an exclusive for us in Garland County. Only theater there playing Brightburn. And then uh, next week, Booksmart will play Cersei, Cabot, and Riverdale. Now, tickets for all of those films are on sale now. Riverdale10.com, CerseiCinema.com, CabotVIPCinema.com, HotSpringsVIP.com. Now, all the theaters feature luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. All the theaters have a full food menu just click menu right there on the website check out those pizzas and onion rings and chicken tenders and pretzels hot dogs corn dogs cheeseburger sliders ice cream frozen coke it's all there pie everything you want of course popcorn soda water popcorn was exceptional last night hit that hit that menu button free popcorn on wednesdays be sure to join the movie club. Get you some free points. You get those points for every dollar you spend. You can redeem those for movie tickets and concession items. Sign up for the email newsletter. Download the new Theater Group mobile app, and it is for Android now. The link to that is on the websites, or you can search your phone's app store. Sign up for that email newsletter. Like that Facebook page. Follow events. The uh, morning family film series starts monday june the third in Cersei, okay. cabot and hot springs run through the movies you got them doors open at 9 a.m and showtime is 10 a.m soda is only one dollar it's a great deal popcorn is only one dollar and the uh the admission uh is two bucks and they start monday and tuesday all summer long first one is june 3rd uh, I can see if I can find them here real quick. Let me pull well, the we'll website take a break. up. We'll take a break right. first, and then we'll, we'll come back to it. I did want to bring up something else about uh, uh, John Wick 3. The name of the movie is not John Wick 3, 3, all right? It is Parabellum. It's important that you know what the word, the Latin word, Parabellum, and what it means. In fact, it's so important that they refer to it before you get to the final act of this motion picture, do you know what that movie, that that word means? They have quite a few references to Latin and Russian, and some throwback references to some of the phrasings from the first two films. Yes, parabellum. The Latin means prepare for war. Now, tell me that doesn't give you a real insight into that movie. It's a great action flip. <laughs> it really is. Are we going to break or we're no? Going, yeah, we're going to a break right now. When we come back, we'll tell you what the kids' uh, movies are going to be uh, during this summer here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. You know, this month is Motorcycle Awareness Month. So if you're looking for some great coverage, insurance coverage, or great rates, 
I'm going to tell you the place that you need to do, uh, need to go see, and that's uh, Dwayne Smith's Allstate Insurance over in Sherwood, over at 3920 East Keel Avenue. Why? Because they all ride motorcycles. So they know exactly what kind of coverage you need to make sure you're safe, your your ride safe, and uh, if something gets away from you, if you happen to run through a fence or run into a house or something like that, that uh, you can take care of that as well. All you need to do is call them today, 501-819-0373, and they can give you a quote on your insurance. They can also offer you options for a wide variety of coverages and service on your home, your auto, your ATV, your boat, your house, and just a whole lot more. They can even cover your your life. And uh, they can even help you there with life insurance. Again, that number, 501-819-0373. And their uh, location, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. Stop by, see them today. They're open right now. They're waiting for you. Stop by. All right, back. Matt Smith is here. He is uh, the... Uh, our movie mogul, he is the man that Hollywood used to have when they had the studio system. He controls all the theaters in central Arkansas. You're killing me. You're killing me out there. You're all killing, right. me. Turn, killing me. Turn on, turn on what these uh, what kid movies are this okay, summer. Okay, so this summer, Cersei, Hot Springs, and Cabot on Monday and Tuesday mornings. Doors open at 9 a.m. Movie starts at 10 a.m., uh, sold is a dollar. Popcorn is a dollar. It's our family a good buy. Family fun film series, and coming up the first week, they run for nine weeks. Uh, <clears throat> June third and fourth is Peter Rabbit. All right. June tenth and eleventh, Hotel Transylvania three. That's a good movie, by the way. June seventeenth and eighteenth, The Star. June twenty fourth and twenty fifth, Secret Life of Pets. July 8th and 9th, How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World. July 15th and 16th, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. July 22nd and 23rd, The Lego Movie 2. July 29th and 30th, Smallfoot. August 5th and 6th, Smurfs The Lost Village. Tickets on sale at CerseiCinema.com. CabotVIPCinema.com, HotSpringsVIP.com. Sold is just a dollar. Popcorn, only a dollar. Every Monday and Tuesday morning, doors at 9 a.m., showtime at 10 a.m., nine weeks of the Family Fun film series at the theaters starting Monday, June the 3rd. Now, don't forget, Wednesdays, free popcorn at all the movie theaters. And I can tell you what we got coming up uh, at the cinema. Uh, if you're down in the big city of Hot Springs, you can catch us at hotspringsvip.com. We're showing John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. It's rated R. It's playing on two screens. Pokemon Detective Pikachu, rated PG, on two screens. Avengers Endgame, PG-13, on two screens. That's hotspringsvip.com. Now, be sure to go to the website Pick up your advance tickets. Uh, buy those in advance. We've got luxury leather, electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. We have a full food menu there in Hot Springs. You can download the free mobile app from the website, sign up for the email newsletter, like the Facebook page, and follow our events. Check out the Family Fun film series all summer. Free popcorn on Wednesdays. Serving over 
eight different wines and 20 different beers. Coming attractions include Aladdin. Uh, first showing is Thursday the 23rd. Tickets are on sale now exclusively at Hot Springs VIP Cinema in Garland County. Brightburn also starts Thursday the 23rd exclusively at Hot Springs VIP Cinema. Godzilla starts the 31st. Ma starts the 31st. Rocket Man starts the 31st. June the 7th is The Secret Life of Pets 2. And June the 7th is Dark Phoenix. And, of course, June the 21st, Toy Story 4 exclusively at Hot Springs VIP Cinema. Be sure to hit the website. Check out the full food menu there. 20 different beers, 8 different wines. Under construction down there now, uh, we are finishing our sidewalks uh, today. For our- all right, back with you. Matt was solving all the yeah, man. college problems No, I wasn't solving college problems. I'm just stating the facts, man. I mean, college attendance is dropping 15% due to the, due to the uh, you know, birth rate going down. Yep. So you got less people going to school, which means less people going to high school, less people going to college. And now you've got these four colleges in, Ar- in, in Little Rock that are struggling to meet their budget. And they built all those new buildings, and you better have the butts to put in the seats. So it would make a lot of sense if you could just uh, consolidate some of that, get some of that together and, you know, save on expenses and things like that. But, you know, if you if you consolidated those four colleges into two or three, then you've got those, you know, administrators that make three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a year to sit in an office that would be gone because you wouldn't need all those administrators anymore. You know, it's kind of like the the hatred of the of the charter schools and the hatred of you know the hatred of that. Well, mm-hmm. you know you you you're cutting out you're cutting out those incompetent positions. You know, I agree. Yeah, it's kind it's kind of dumb for four colleges in Little Rock to all have declining attendance and all not able to pay their bills and make their budget. Well, UALR's got some real uh, problems with their. Oh. particular budget so does uh Pulaski tech so does philander smith so does arkansas baptist so you know you, you need to put some of that together you got a you got a lot you got two you're top heavy too many administrators on high salaries too many buildings for too few students and with all that said let me get you back to movies yeah okay if you insist okay, i'm going to insist on this anyway. because i want you to talk about what else is playing this weekend anyway and then i've got a question for you okay. when you get done down Go. in the big city hot springs we are still doing our remodel and expansion there they're pointing the sidewalks today and they're supposed to start on the uh stuck on the outside of the building monday uh, our goal is to have everything open by friday the 24th oh very good yep we'll have new screens that'll feature stadium seating uh dolby atmos sound barco 4k projection real d3d and of course luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating and we'll be expanding our uh, alcohol offerings there at the hot springs vip cinema all new front facade new bathrooms new parking lot all new drapes carpet screen skirts screen masking floor lights Every chair in the building will be a luxury recliner. And we're shooting for a May 24 opening date on those new rooms. That's Memorial Day weekend, folks. HotSpringsVIP.com. So be sure to check that out. And then in Searcy, we are remodeling that theater. And we have uh, four auditoriums there that contain luxury leather electric recliners with tables now. Uh, Auditorium 4. Auditorium 5, Auditorium 7, and Auditorium 8 feature reserved seating. And Auditorium 6 should have reserved seating by May 24th. We'll also be replacing carpet there. Um, And then we'll put a pause on our remodel 
and turn back around um, April or excuse me, August 15th when school starts and we'll close down three auditoriums at that time and install recliners in those. Yeah, you don't close down theaters when it's your biggest time of the year. Get those installed uh, starting August 15th. We'll have those uh, refurbished with recliners and open back up by Halloween uh, there in Searcy. That's searcycinema.com. Now, if you happen to be up in Searcy and you want to check out what's playing there, hit searcycinema.com. The Sun is also a star. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. John Wick Chapter 3. A Dog's Journey. Palms. The Hustle. Breakthrough. And Avengers Endgame, CerseiCinema.com. Be sure to click menu. Check out that full food menu there. Luxury leather electric recliners with tables. The uh, movies labeled VIP have the recliner seating. And, of course, the summer film series starts June 3rd. If you're in Dave's hometown of Cabot, it's CabotVIPCinema.com. Every seat in the building is a luxury leather electric recliner with a table and reserved seating. John Wick, Chapter 3. A Dog's Journey, The Sun is also a star, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, The Hustle, Palms, Ugly Dolls, and Avengers Endgame. CabotVIPCinema.com, Aladdin, and of course, uh, Booksmart and Brightburn start next Friday. And on the 31st, we'll have Godzilla, we'll have Ma, and we'll have Rocket Man. If you are in the great city of Little Rock, it's Riverdale 10 com great theater over 40 different beers 10 different wines and a full food menu riverdale10.com now showing red joan exclusively at riverdale 10 with dame judy dench also showing john wick chapter three a dog's journey pokemon detective pikachu the hustle long shot avengers end game the intruder and Tolkien, Riverdale10.com. Be sure to check out over 40 different beers, eight different wines, full food menu there. Uh, n- next Friday, of course, we'll have Aladdin. We'll also have the exclusive run of High Life next Friday. Uh, we'll have Booksmart, and we will have Brightburn. And on the 31st, Godzilla, Ma, and Rocketman, Riverdale10.com. Be sure to check that out. All right. What do you want to tell them? Okay. I, I'm going to ask you a gotcha, question. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, this comes from Lance over at uh, the Traps. Uh-huh. He wants you to talk, and because there's a lot of people got a lot of interest in Brightburn. Okay. And he says, uh, Dave, ask Matt mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about Brightburn. Okay. Because it's, if you watch the trailer... Mm-hmm. It's, it makes it very interesting. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your take on it? Well, um, Brightburn is May twenty fourth from Sony Columbia. It's a wide release. The cast is Elizabeth Banks, David Denman, Jason A. Dunn, Matt Jones, Meredith Hagner. It's rated R. A couple secretly takes in an infant that has crash landed on Earth from outer space and lives to regret it when their adopted child begins to excise diabolical superpowers. It's the anti-Superman. Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn produced this sci-fi horror thriller written by his brother, Brian, and his cousin Mark, Brightburn. 
Yes, you're right. It is the what if antithesis super, yeah. of Superman. In other yes. words, they ask in this movie, it looks like to me, what would have happened if Superman had shown up and as he grew <laughs> up, he went bad? If Superman went bad. Would not be good for us. Would not be cool. No, it would not. I don't think so. I don't think so. So it's kind of an interesting thing to to explore. I think it's based, is it not based on a comic book? He's always the good guy, Superman. Always. Not in this. No, not in Brightburn. It's kind of like on Miami Vice when uh, Sonny Crockett got hit in the head and became his alter ego, Sonny Barnett. He went bad. He was killing cops and dealing narcotics and crashing Ferraris. When I'm, Sonny... Sonny became Sonny Burnett. Yeah, well. It went, he went bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, it's like the Godfather. That Sonny <laughs> went bad. And he ended up dancing Sonny a deadly Burnett. dance. Yeah. So, you know. But uh, in Brightburn, it looks good. What I'm interested about it is I like Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks, the uh, the actress, I want to see. It looks like she's going to be asked to do a little digging to come up with this character. So I want to see if she can do it. Okay. Well, this is what's out there right now. This is what's buzzing on social media. Okay. Excitement level for 2019 summer films. Number one, Spider-Man Far From Home. Wow. That's interesting. Number two, Toy Story 4. Okay. Number three, The Lion King. Yeah, I would have thought those two would be one and two. Number four, John Wick Chapter 3. Wow. Number five, Men in Black International. Mm. Number six, Aladdin. Number seven, Rocket Man. Number eight, Godzilla King of Monsters. Number nine, Dark Phoenix. Number 10, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number 11, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. That's going to be, that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Number 12, The New Mutants. Number 13, Child's Play. Number 14, Yesterday. Number 15, Good Boys. And number 16, Midsummer. Now, this is based on what they've heard. So the deeper you go into the summer, the less trailers are out there and the less social media buzz. Right. So this is, you know, what, they, what they're excited about right now. Now, obviously, they're hearing more about May and June films right now yes, they than they're are. hearing about July and August films. So you're hearing a lot about... To be honest, on TV, yeah. I haven't seen much about Brightburn. I'm seeing a whole lot of Godzilla. They're really loading it up for Godzilla, but it's out in two weeks. What is the best summer blockbuster of all time? Survey says 25% say Star Wars A New Hope. 12% say Marvel's The Avengers. 9% say Jurassic Park, the original. Mm-hmm. 9% say Jaws. It was the original summer blockbuster. 7% say... Excuse me, 7% say The Dark Knight. Yeah. I will say this. Star Wars New Beginning is the movie that all of us know as Star Wars. That was the first Star Wars movie. And I'll be honest with you, when it first came out, I went and saw that movie three times in the first two weeks. It was so great. Which one? Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Here's some of the buzz out there on social media. Looking forward to the great original content. This summer, Quentin Tarantino usually has something to offer. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yep. and I'm looking forward to Midsummer. So that's somebody's yeah. looking for new stuff, right? Uh huh. Here's another one. 
It's a pretty solid slate compared to last year. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and John Wick 3 are my most anticipated action films. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Far From Home and Men in Black International are my runners-up. Good Boys may be the year's comedy hit, but there's other independent films out there like Late Night and Booksmart. All right, now Good Boys, is that the, the new one uh, for the bad boys? I'm hopeful that Brightburn and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark will be great horror additions. Yeah. Comedy and horror can be a mixed bag. The Lion King will, of course, make the biggest box office impact this summer. But I suspect Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Rocket Man will be surprise summer hits with long legs. I agree. Yeah. I I, yeah. I think the Elton I'm, John I'm really, biopic oh, is going to be huge. I'm really fired up about Rocket Man. That looks awesome to me. Yeah. I, I just hope it's as good as, as, as Bohemian Rhapsody. I just hope Quentin, uh, Quentin Tarantino is as good as he always is. Because he's got a cast... You know, from heaven for that movie. He's got everybody who's anybody. 37% of respondents said they watch more films in the summer than any other time of the year. Well, that's, that doesn't surprise you. You even know that because when you said you're going to hold up on, you know, redoing some of your theaters. Absolutely. Because you can't close them down when people want to come see the movie. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we should be, we, you know, we're totally done in Cabot and we'll be we'll be finished uh, by next week in Hot Springs. And we're halfway there in Cersei. But, you know, Cersei's our smallest market, you know. We're halfway there. So. Won't, be, won't be for very long. You're going to give them a, a movie theater they're going to flock to because it's so good. Well, well, no, I mean, I mean the 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 economy of the town is somewhat crippled by no alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, there's just some things that that, that you need there, and and for some reason your so called leadership can't get behind it. Just just be some great things to have in town there. You know, like a bowling alley that served alcohol and some good food. You know, like that bowling alley cabinet. You know, Bowling Alley Cabot has all that. They're doing good. Bowling Alley Cabot's a great spot. Yeah. They've got great food there. They have alcohol, they have good wings. adult beverages. It's a great atmosphere. And that is something that Jacksonville needs and doesn't have. That's something that Cersei needs and doesn't have. Because we are still, as Arkansans, we still like to go bowling. Well, I'm just being honest. I well, like going rolling the ball every once in a while. Well, my facilities are in small towns, and you know, no matter how nice I make my facility, if the so-called leadership of the city or the county cripple the yeah, economy, the stink on you, on you. they they well, no, they cripple the economy of that town. Oh, then okay. people still have to leave town to do other things. And so that holds back the town. Does't really matter, you know, it doesn't really matter how great. Uh, the movie cinema is if there's lacking things are lacking around it like you know jacksonville needs a david's burgers yes cersei did. needs a david's burgers you know cabot has one mm-hmm. uh tacos for life that's something that cabot needs you know um i mean the these are these are things that you know they should be trying to land well, in just these between towns. you and my, me yeah if I had to choose between Tacos for Life and the Mexican Food Company, you know, Taco Bell, I take the Mexican Phone Company. Really? I like them better. Yeah. yeah I like them better. I'm not going to go bowling, 
and yeah. I'm not going to eat at Tacos for so Life. So you're too, you're too cool to go bowling. No, it's just not my thing. I'm not going to go play golf either. I'm not going to go murder any ducks or kill any, shoot any, murder any deer this year. Just not my thing. I'm not going to watch a college football game. Uh, that's not my stuff, right? But I'm smart enough to know that uh, a, a variety of, of people do a variety of restaurants, a variety of restaurants, and a variety of entertainment options helps a town. No, oh, I agree. You know, um, give them something to do. Yes, and I mean, every town needs uh, a cool bowling alley with liquor and food, a great burger joint, a great a great pizza joint, right, and a microbrewery. Every town needs that. You know, I mean, it's just those things are hot. And then when you take those things and you put them together, you have the millions of dollars in construction and and spending. And then you employ 50 people in each spot, 200 jobs, a lot of jobs in town the size of service capital of Jacksonville. Yeah you're, yeah, you're right. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this. Matt Smith is my guest, as usual. He won't be here the next two Fridays. I won't be here next Friday, but uh, we'll have some fun anyway. We'll come back and finish this up for this hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so we got about seven minutes to the top of the hour. Seven minutes. I'm thinking bright, uh, uh, bright burn. Okay. Next week, th- Thursday night, I'm going to go see that. Okay. All right. That'll be my big one to see. Okay. And then I'll record something and send it to Shane. Okay. So that he, because he's going to be Shane Stack's going to be filling in for me next uh-huh. Friday. I see. So I'll I'll have my my little movie review like I I do. I don't do a typical movie review. I don't sit and talk about. It. By the way, I did want to look up today. Uh huh. What what was the the kill number? John, John Wick's kill number. Yeah. How many people it? did he clip? Yeah. Yeah. How many so you're did? gonna you're gonna mention okay. uh, kill uh-huh. uh, amount. John Wick three. Okay. Got to find. I got to find out. He killed a. They killed a lot of people. I'm just telling you, a lot. So you're gonna be out on the 24th. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going down to um, New Orleans next weekend. Going to be out on the 27th as well. Yeah, then I'll be back the following weekend. Okay. Yeah, but you're going to be out now. Yeah. Next Friday and yeah. the following Friday. Yeah, I'll be back on June 6th. Yeah, yeah. I'll be out the 24th and the 31st. Mm-hmm. Going to your favorite state in the Union. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Texas? California. <laughs> Being sarcastic. I was just, yeah, that's a good way to be sarcastic. <laughs> I got to tell you what, I just saw something on television. They were talking about uh, items found in the ocean off of California. And basically, it said off of L.A. And number one was bottle tops. Number two was like plastic bottles. Number three, I forget what it was. Number four, you ready for this, Russ? You got to hear this. You're going to love this. The number four most found item floating in the ocean off of L.A. thongs. <laughs> that's how i looked i looked at it that way i looked at it three times russ just kind of his eyes just went what thongs oh, it's, it's california brother what can i tell you it is california they are the people okay so uh i'm looking here something wrong with the california something wrong something wrong out there i, I guess syringes that was my guess Okay, so in John Wick 2, yeah. they killed a staggering 128 people. Wow. All right. That's pretty. 128 in John Wick that's 2. That's pretty big. Um, let's see. The body count for John Wick was 84. Was 84? A, was just a few notch higher than 
a popular YouTube kill counter that puts the number at 76. John Wick 2, the kill number was a staggering 128. That's about 200 people John Wick has killed in like the first two. Uh, And in this movie, uh, there was nobody who killed anybody with a pencil, but nearly 400 people in John Wick 3. It's so crazy the way they do some of the way they dispatch some of the people. You actually laugh at it because it's so over the top, especially when they're fighting with knives. (laughs) It's pretty pretty wild. Some of it is really uh, serious, but uh, in the way that they dispatch people. But for the most part, a lot of it isn't. Okay. And the motorcycle kills are pretty good, too. 80% of survey respondents... Yeah, one one minute. 80% of survey respondents most excited about Spider-Man Far From Home this summer. Why? I, I don't know. I haven't hardly even seen anything about it. Now, what, what's I your like, favorite classic summer, summer-themed movie? A theme? Horror. Independence Day, 25%. Jaws, 16%. Dirty Dancing, 14%. The Goonies, 13%. Okay, last one's a family film. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, got some quotes here for you. Can you name the movie? You, uh-huh. should, you should get this hands down. Go. We'll take it in the next hour because right. we're out of time. All right, he's going to test me. Let's see if I can pass it. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Matt Smith's with me. He's got another half hour. Cody. Cody Lewandowski. <laughs> Cody Lewandowski, 335, oh. here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Okay. All right. Over the last few years. Uh-huh. We've had, uh, see, they've had Olympus has fallen back in 2013, and that uh, had uh, Gerard Butler in it playing Mike Banning. That was a fantastic hit movie. They came back with London Has Falling three years later, again with Butler playing Mike Banning. And then they, I thought they'd come right back with a another one with Mike Banning, and they didn't. They okay. came. They, he came back in 2018 with Hunter Killer last year, which I thought was a fun uh, action movie. Meh. But now I'm ready Meh. for a good one, and Mike Banning is back for uh, part three. <laughs> As he plays a Secret Service agent protecting the president. Venezuela has fallen. Angel has fallen. Angel is Air Force One. Nice. So we're going to see what happens in that. Also in that movie, Morgan Freeman, Piper Parabu. Haven't seen anything of her lately. Lance Reddick, who who we've been talking about from John Wick, uh, 3, 2, and 1, and uh, Spartacus. You've got Jada Pinkett Smith, Tim Blake Nelson, and uh, the last real big names, you know, two big name stars, Nick Nolte and Danny Houston. So it should be fun because I know that Danny Houston's going to play the bad guy. He's just got to. He's one of the best bad guys around. He was great 30 Days of Night. He was great in that one they did about uh, Miami in the 60s. Nick Nolte plays the drunk. <laughs> yeah, typecasting. Yeah, probably. All right, go ahead. 
and okay. uh, you had questions. For oh me. no, I just I'm just going to throw a few movie quizzes okay. out there. All right, for you. see if I remember because you know, you're an movies. expert. All right, supposedly all you got to do is name the movie. All right, these are easy, man. All right, you just got to name the movie. These are so easy. Your re, your your listeners are going to know these. Okay, well, good. Okay, they're always better than I am. I'm ready. With great power comes great responsibility. That's Spider-Man. Correct. Fish or friends, not food. Fish or friends? Fish are friends, oh. not food. And that's got to be something like, uh, what was it? The ones with, the, the, it's a Disney movie. God, Finding we, Nemo? Yeah, Finding Nemo. Okay, good deal, good deal. Good all job. right, all right, all right. Thank you. All right. Russ didn't tip you off, did he? Okay. All right. All right. Yes, you got, he you did. Got, you got this one. But I was going to—I was getting ready to say, "God, it creeps." Right, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Get busy living or get busy dying. Ooh, yeah. I you know heard, this. One. I've you heard know this. this one. You I so know this, this one. Yes, I. I you so know it. I remember it. I do. Keep busy living or get busy dying. You so know this one. Now mm. I'm going to—I'm going to tap out on this one. What was it? What movie? Shawshank Redemption. All right. There you go. Okay. All right. What's the next one? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, okay. If you build it, they will come. Throw your bone. that's... Throw your bone. That's Kevin Cosner in Field of Dreams. Here's another easy one. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Those are easy. (laughs) Why so serious? Why so serious? Oh, that's a good one. You know this one. I'm sure I will know... What it is. Now, what is it? Batman. Batman. That's the Joker. The, the Dark Joker. Knight movie. Why yeah, the so Joker serious? from The Dark Knight. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay, how about this one? You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, I'm looking over there. I'm looking. I'm looking right now at Russ because he says this all the time because it's Sandlot. Is it not Sandlot? It is, correct. Okay. You're right. You're right. Okay, okay. Here's one for you. I feel the need, the need for speed. There you go. We got that's Keanu Reeves, by the way. Is it? No, 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 no. That's no. Top Gun. Sorry. Yes, sir. That's sorry. These are the best summer movie quotes of yeah. all time. I wonder okay. what they'll have in the next one. Okay, what um, kind of let me see if I got another Not come out good until one. Next year now. Oh, this is so easy. Nobody puts baby in the corner. That sounds like uh, Dirty Dancing. Yes, sir. Okay, you're cruising for bruising. Oh, come on, Dave. Now, I know what this one is. Now, okay, let me get my boss in here. I see my general manager. <laughs> come on, you my know general, this no, one. No, I want to get him in here. You're cruising for get, bruising. Hey, you know Russ, this one. Russ, Russ, Russ. This, is, this should be such a gimme. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my, 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 my producer. Classic here. movie, summer movie line. Hold Classic on. summer movie Hold line. Hold you got to know this, man. Hey, Russ. Still right. Randy, come here. Yeah, put him on the air with us. See if he. <laughs> oh, yeah, you I'm bringing you one. in. You got to know this. One. I'm, I'm, I'm using a lifeline here. No, you a lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> you're in trouble right. now if you're using me as a lifeline. We're, we're talking classic movie lines. Now, These are classic summer movie yeah, quotes. Okay. Okay? This sounds like something from American. Uh, you're cruising graffiti. for a bruising. What Which movie, movie is, is that, that from? from? You're cruising for a bruising. 
It's a classic summer movie line. It's a classic quote from a summer movie. You guys have got to know this it, one. Was I not right when I said American Graffiti? No, no, <laughs> Cruising no. for a bruising. Yeah, cruising what movie for was a that? bruising. Classic on, summer movie line. Cruising for a bruising. What movie was He's that? He's looking uh, it up. He's is that uh, Google. the one with um, Ron Howard? American oh. Graffiti. That's See, what he said. That's no, what I said. It's I Greece. That's what it's I... Greece. Oh, it's Greece. Greece. We just played we it. We just showed the movie. We All just right. showed the movie. There we go. <laughs> Okay. I, I knew you had that one. No, okay. No. I knew you had. Okay. You've only missed two. Yeah. You've only missed two. That's all I missed. You got them all right. But I figured you had Grease. I figured you no, had I that one. I didn't have that one. Is that all you okay. got? Okay. I got so that's the best okay, you got. One only, more. Okay, Here there's, we go. There's, okay. There's one more. There's one left. This, yeah. this is Randy Bush, this. by the way. Hey. This is our uh, GM here at the radio station. <laughs> I just couldn't believe you guys would get that me in the hole. You got to know this. pulled me back in. I pulled you back in. That's exactly right. This one's probably not as well known, though. Hey, wave at the camera. Tell in case I don't hey, see you, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This one's harder. This is probably the hardest one of all of them. If I if I don't what? In now? case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That sounds like something Ed Morrow would say. Um, this one's harder than the others. This is probably the hardest one of all of them. Give me a hint. Ron uh, Burgundy? Close. It's a similar type show. It's a similar type show. The Truman Show. Oh, the okay. Truman Show. Yep. The yeah, Truman yeah, Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the hardest one of all of them. That's why I it said, know sounded I like even, you know Edward yeah. Merrill uh, saying that, saying good night. Yes, yes. Yep. I don't even know if good I would night, include America that. Good night, America, and one. all ships at sea. Yeah, uh, yeah. That night, good afternoon. I don't even know if I would count that one, right? Because you've got Forrest Gump, Field of Dreams, The Sandlot. The Dark Knight, Top Gun, Dirty Dancing, Toy Story, Spider-Man, Finding Nemo, The Shawshank Redemption, Grease. We can all agree, everybody out there can agree, those are some serious, all-time great, that you've sat classic down and watched summer, countless times. Classic summer movies, right. right? And then they throw in The Truman Show. Which I watched once. I don't even know if that fits, <laughs> right? I mean, how can yeah. you go in here with these icons? The best summer movie quotes of all time. And, I just don't and, think the and Truman it's Show not even goes. The, it's not even the best uh, Carrie movie, although Ed Harris was the best actor in all of it. Of the 12, it was number 12. Okay. Okay. Number one was Forrest Gump. Yeah. That number two, Field be. of Dreams. Number right. three, The Sandlot. Number four, The Dark Knight. Number five, Top Gun. Number six, Dirty Dancing. Number seven, Toy Story. Number eight, Spider-Man. Number nine, Finding Nemo. Number 10, The Shawshank Redemption. Number 11, Grease. Okay. So if Truman I... Truman Show was number 12. For, in, in my top three questions there, there would uh-huh. have been one for sure, and that would have been, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. That, I mean, was that a summer release? Yeah, I, it I was think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you would, think, you would think the napalm in the morning quote would be up there, but these are the top. I can't believe this, the Truman Show is number 12 on the best summer movie quotes of all time. Did Wyatt Earp come out? Uh, in the summer, I don't know the Doc Kurt Holiday lines. Yeah, yeah, that was such a good you, one. You want to be my little huckleberry? That's true. That's true. That was such a good one. These are all good, except I disagree with Truman Show. I, I yeah, that's it. That's kind of a. I don't know. It's kind of an not, oddball. It's though. not even in one of my probably top seventy-five motion pictures of all no, time. I, I mean. It's just you, say, right. you say the it Truman really Show, Matt, film. and I was thinking, I was thinking along the lines. But I, I guess of, they're talking uh, about this, maybe, just, maybe just yeah. memorable quotes as opposed to memorable films. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's I one. Just, what's that? What's he got? Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> That's better than Truman Show as well. I mean, the one from Apocalypse Now, too. I mean, yeah. both of those are better than Truman Show. I think more iconic, for sure. I, I couldn't believe that. But, yeah, yeah, it's um, – if you can only see one movie this summer, what would you see? They're asking everybody. Oh, Only one. This summer? Yep, only see one this summer. Okay, now, Wonder Woman's been put back until – that's fall, right. Fall of next year? No, spring of next year. Mm-hmm. You got to pick one for okay. the summer season. Godzilla. Uh, it's in here. It's in here. Eighteen uh, percent said Spider Man: Far From Home. Yeah. Well, Spider Man's an iconic, uh, you know, comic book character. Sixteen percent said John Wick Chapter Three. Wow. It would have been because I'm going to be honest. I mean, I John s- Wick and Godzilla are the two movies I've been really waiting for. I really think. John Wick is going to end this weekend, number one, and it's going to knock Avengers to number two spot. They're going to make big money off this movie. I really think it is. I, I just, I, I was so impressed with it. It was so much better than the first two, which well, almost not never only, happens. Not only is the action as good or even better in pieces of this movie, the dialogue is killer. Yes. Sorry yes. about Great the Great one lines. But it, Great it's one lines great also. stuff in it. I mean... Uh, the the stuff with the, uh, the 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 overriding villain in this is just outrageous. What he has to say after a big fight, it's hilarious. I sat, I laughed out really loud. Everybody in the theater knew I was there. You know, Blake. You know, Blake was there. Woodson was there. He was laughing behind me. We were having a great time. It was a great movie. We gotta take a break. Let's get the final break in, then we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back for the last few moments of uh, this half hour. Matt Smith, okay, looking here, okay. This okay. Uh, actress, uh, Asia. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was her name again? Asia something. Okay, it's Asia Kate Dillon. She's okay. the one that plays the adjudicator. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, she's on billions. Yeah, she's on billions. Uh huh. And the only two things she's done previously, Billions mm-hmm. and she played Brandy Epps for mm-hmm. one season on Orange is the New Black. Okay. And now she's in John Wick 3. Do well, you think that she's not counting her lucky stars? I mean, I wasn't a fan of Orange is the New Black. Um, it's on a platform that I'm mostly disappointed in. Yeah. I do like Billions on Showtime, but I detest her character. Um, <laughs> just really don't like seeing that person on the screen, and they try to be a a, a, a bad guy. Yeah. And it's kind of a blah role. Well, she delivers everything very drolly. It's it's the same character, basically, that's in John Wick. And it just, it's it's, you're like supposed to hate the character. Oh, but I do. <laughs> it's it's right, but they don't inspire. They don't inspire uh, intense uh, a hatred, hatred type thing. You're just kind of like blah. Yeah. If she gets hit by a car, cool. But it's not one of those characters where, like, you know, you want somebody to kill them. Like, you know, I want this person shot in this film. You know, when you see a character come on that you hate that much, right? Yeah. You, you, you know, and you're in an action movie or whatever, like. Like, you watch Game of Thrones. You've seen somebody on Game of Thrones, and you're like, you want them dead. Or like Thanos in the <laughs> Avengers movies, right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, I wish somebody would kill like the Thanos Cersei guy. Like in Game Play, of Thrones. Yes, kill the Thanos guy already, okay? Yeah. She plays a bad person, 
but it's such a lukewarm kind of sort of maybe bad person that you're kind of kind of blah on whether you want them whacked or not okay if, if that makes sense to you the, the the they don't inspire enough hatred for you to be passionate about their demise in the movie or, or tv show they don't inspire enough of that i i want a bad guy that I, you know like come on you you wanted to just get up and kill thanos yourself you're like yeah. can i kill this thanos yeah. guy please i want to choke this guy right yeah. she just doesn't inspire that it's just kind of a blah i was surprised in in john wick three uh-huh there was an actor that appeared in it. He okay. played a very short part in the movie. Okay. He was like in the front office, you know, when they would call in and they said they got a contract on yeah. stuff and all that. Okay. Did you see the guy that had the two lip rings? And He was in it briefly. Yeah. Do you, do you recognize who that was? Uh, Did you ever watch Gotham? Oh, he's on Gotham. That I was, have not seen Gotham. That was okay. the Penguin. Gotcha. Okay. I haven't seen I him. I was stunned when I saw him. I haven't seen I him. I leaned over and looked at Linda, and I go, was that the Penguin? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, yeah. I said, that's cool. Let me throw out the rest of these must-sees, okay? Okay. Now, this is a survey. If you can only see one movie, of course, 18% want to see Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. 10% Toy Story 4. Right. 10% Godzilla King of the Monsters. 9% The Lion King. Seven percent Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, seven percent Rocket Man, six percent Dark Phoenix, five percent Hobbs and Shaw, five percent Aladdin. Now if you can only see one, I'm going to tell you what. Okay, when I sat and watched the trailer mm-hmm. for Dark Phoenix last yes. night, made me want to see the movie. Well, you saw the trailer attached to John Wick. Yes. Yeah. Awesome looking movie. I, I and think it's got one I of my favorite X Men. I think in it's it. going to surprise people. Got now, the Cyclops. In we, were, it, man. we were talking about dummies and how cities cities waste taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Okay. And you know how they have a movies in the park in every town. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's a survey. <laughs> this is so. This is just survey. So, here's your survey. Now this is a survey done by uh, Fandango and Autumn Tickets, okay. which is pretty much how every ticket in America is sold. Right. Okay. Outdoor movies. Will you watch any movies outdoors this summer? For example, at a movies in the park or any outdoor film festivals? 68% of respondents said no. 68% of people who go to the movies refuse to watch a movie at a movies in the park. You know, 68%. and I'm going to tell you what, that, what brings that on is because I, they never show first-run releases out in the park. It's always a, a repeat. That's why... People probably don't go see them. And then you got to battle the, muse- the mosquitoes and all that. I wonder if they count drive-ins. No, it's not in here. No, 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 no. It specifically okay. says, will you watch any movies outdoors this summer? For example, movies in the park or outdoor film festivals. Okay. It does not ask about all drive-ins. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not going to go. Oh, drive-ins are a real deal. I like Drive-ins that. are a real deal. I love the, the drive-in. Drive-ins are a real deal. You know, I got that drive-in in Belleville, Illinois. One side holds 500 cars. The other side holds 200 cars. That's cool. It is monster strong. It's just full. Well, if it, if that's it doesn't a cultural rain, thing, man. If it doesn't rain, it's full. Do you have the fogger come through and, and go through it <laughs> Oh, we do everything we can. We do everything we can. We do everything <laughs> we can. Kill all the mosquitoes, man. But if it doesn't rain, it's a madhouse. If, if, it, was, if it was open year-round, it'd be my top location. Wow. It is a monster. Like wow. you like you think like you think that it was busy in cabin when you watched Endgame, right? Yeah. I like to drive in, man. 
<laughs> the driving is monster strong. How much does it cost to get into driving now? Uh, you know, a few bucks. It's cheap. It's a double okay. feature. I mean, basically, Do you you're have to still check the trunk. Double feature. No, man. <laughs> I mean, you basically get two movies to the price of one. It's it's a, yeah. it's essentially half off. It's a steal. Yeah, it's essentially half off. I mean, like if you think about it, like probably on the thirty first, I'll run Godzilla at dark. Followed by Ma when Godzilla ends. Right. And you get both those films. Because the little kids are asleep, are they? Well, they're both from the same film distributor. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'll stick them in there together. Like, I ran Avengers Endgame at at, at, at dusk, followed right. by Captain Marvel. Right? Oh, cool. So, right. So, you got both of those. What a right? great double feature. <laughs> right. So, you get both of those moves surprise of one. Bring so, your I mean, own popcorn. It's just, it's just madhouse, man. No, I mean, they hit the concessions. Well, they play look, in the I'm going to just tell you. I it's love, insane. I love your popcorn. Yes. But you cannot beat my sugar popcorn. <laughs> I take the big roaster full of sugar popcorn and watch and eat the sugar popcorn. Dave's one of those guys that's got his wife's purse full of Ziploc bags <laughs> of popcorn for the house. That's the truth. He's got cans of Diet lying. Coke in his boots. You're not lying. For the dollar movie. Yep. You got it. You got it. I save money wherever I can. Matt, thanks for coming, brother. Riverdale10.com. We'll see you at the movies. Yeah. The balcony is closed. Boy, that's something that I miss. The balcony. You can't beat that. You can't beat Roger Ebert. Man. I love was he being not, up Was there. he not great? Oh, I love yeah. that guy. Both Roper and oh, Ebert were both. So good. good. So they good. Best great. reviewers ever. I love that TV show. love what those guys Did used you to do. ever do things in the, in the balcony? <laughs> Did you like... Make out in the balcony. Hey, when you, you were talking about you were talking about finding the thongs. Yeah, what's crazy is when you find people's shoes, man. You find people's shoes in the movie theater, <laughs> and it's like one shoe. And I'm like, how did you leave here with like one shoe on? That's true. I'm like, what is the deal, man? How did you walk out of here with one shoe? Well, Unreal. we'll think about that. Cody Lewandowski's up after the news. Okay, before we get to talk to Cody, you were just telling me that Herman Wolk died about 103 Exodus the book that he wrote. Yeah. Winds of War, he wrote that. Yeah, it was announced on the news at the bottom of the hour. Wow, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay, now, Cody Lewandowski is joining us. This is cool. Corey, pardon me. I'm so sorry. Uh, let me just jump in here. Can I carry on the conversation that we were having here in the last half hour, Corey? I wanted to bring you in on this. How old are you, by chance? Uh, 45. Okay. Makes me very old. Uh, you're not very old. I'm 66, so... Here's the bottom line. That means you're old enough to remember drive-ins. Of course. Okay. See? You bring up drive you In the back up. of a Woody. You kidding me? There. We had a Woody growing up. What did I tell you? You used to back up into the parking spot and open up the back, and you were I bet you you were in the back laying out with the like a sleeping bag and a pillow. Hey, look, when I was a kid, we actually faced the wrong way in the car in the very back of the Woody, right? The, the fake wooden station wagon, the seats actually went the wrong way, and nobody ever wore a seatbelt. Like, I'm probably getting trouble <laughs> saying this, but nobody ever wore a seatbelt, right? So you could climb over all the seats, and as the youngest one, you climb over the back seat, and you face backwards, and you look at the cars coming at you. Of course. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, so what is the last movie you saw at a drive-in? Oh, that's a that's a good question. It has been a long time. It's hard to find them now. Yeah, I know. I couldn't tell you, but it's been a long time. Well, porn don't count, okay, because all those movie theaters went to porn at the end. But the bottom line is, the last movies that I saw, I saw Going going Crazy with the Planet of the Apes. We, <laughs> we went at dusk, of course, because that's when the first movie started. We watched all of the Planet of the Ape movies from the first to the last one. 
during the whole night. Me and my 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 high school buddies. It was always a triple header, you know, a double or a triple header, and so you're there all night. And of course, I mean, look, it was the best cheap thing you could do because it was one price for the whole car. That's, Don't forget, that's right. They didn't, they didn't charge you by the head; it was just for the price of the car. That's correct. Did you did you used to pop popcorn before you went? Uh, of course, of course. Look, I grew up poor. We did everything we could to save <laughs> yes. money, so we brought our own stuff with us all the time. Man, I love this. All right, let's talk about what we're going to have you on to talk about. We could we could do this whole 12, 13 minutes easily just talking about uh, some of the great things that we don't have any longer in this great country. And I love I loved the president because he is making America great again, and he's bringing some of those things back. And I'm not talking about drive-ins. The things that we used to, the, the, the freedoms that we used to enjoy, we're seeing some of those come back that we've seen disappear. But let's talk about immigration because it's something that the congress hasn't done anything serious about for years and now the president has a new uh, policy that he wants to do i like the merit base i think this is the way to go how's the president really feeling is he feeling positive does he think that the democrats will actually come to the table and and talk seriously well, you know, I had the privilege of spending about four hours at the White House on Wednesday, right before the president rolled out this uh, new immigration policy on Thursday. And he uh, walked through point by point the plan here. And the plan, so your listeners know, is very simple. It says if you have a special skill set or there is a specific desire that our country needs for talent, then you uh, get first priority to come in. So it's no longer just simply based on the lottery or a blood relative who lives in the country, and so you get free passage, because right now we're only accepting 12% of the immigrants who are coming in to solve a specific problem. When other countries who use a merit-based system... Canada, Australia, they're accepting somewhere in the high 60s or low 70s percent. So the president wants to flip that over. So now if you've got a special skill set or a special uh, expertise that we need in this country, we want you here. We want the best and brightest. So he's changing. He wants to change the immigration system to better reflect the needs of this country and not just simply, I knew somebody to get in. Now, the Democrats have no interest in seeing a change to the system. They want as many low-skilled workers in this country as possible. They believe that they are the base of the Democratic Party moving forward. And they have done a very good job of confusing the issue. First, they don't want to fix the DACA problem, which is anywhere between 5 and 15 million people in this country illegally. And now they don't want to actually have a merit-based system because they know that if people are coming here with high school educations or college educations, or post-college educations, they're much more inclined to understand what's really transpiring, to assimilate, to learn the language, and ultimately to be capitalists. And right now, being a capitalist is a dirty word if you're a Democrat Party member. Yep. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. no doubt about that at all. I'm just wondering if he can, you know, get his uh, narrative down, and it's going to put the Democrats on uh, you know, they're going to get really defensive because, you know, the president pointed out yesterday in his speech, this is how Canada and Australia, this whole merit based thing. And most of Europe have been doing, uh, you know, immigration for a long, long time. Well, and look, we're 
we're, we're a country of immigrants, and we are a very generous nation. We bring in a million immigrants a year. But that being said, we have to have the right people who want to come in. We have to have people. I know this is controversial. It wasn't when I grew up, but people who want to assimilate to the community. Yes. You know, I grew up in a place called Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, we had a huge immigration pop, immigrant population, uh, you know, French Canadians, Polish, and everybody attempted to assimilate, to learn the language. You know, my grandparents spoke French as a first language every day in the home. My mother learned French, but of course, English. And then when I became... You know, around everyone spoke English because they assimilated to you know the community. And I know you know now that's a pejorative statement to say we want you to assimilate because people don't want to do that. The truth is, this country needs skilled workers. We this president has created seven million new jobs since election day of 2016, and we need those skilled workers to come here. Whether they're auto uh, auto workers who are going to come in from Mexico who understand how our plants work because we're bringing manufacturing back where there are other skills that's what we need the democrats don't want that they want low-skilled people who are unfortunately more of a burden on our economic uh, recovery and on our economy and in our communities around the border than they should be so this president's philosophy has been very clear and you know this it's called america first and i know it's not america alone but it should be America first. And anybody who doesn't agree with that has the opportunity to take their application and go find another place to try and be a citizen of. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I agree with you. If you don't want to make this country better, stay away. I don't want you here. It's that simple. And I, I definitely feel that if the first act you want to commit to come in and be part of this great nation that we have is to break the rules then we don't need you here. It's that simple. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. And, and look, I understand um, philosophically where people are living in places that are very difficult and they're persecuted. But you also have to remember the, the, the toll of human trafficking and drug smuggling and what it takes to make that trek through Central and South America, and ultimately to get to our borders. And, and what Senator Lindsey Graham has said, and it makes a whole bunch of sense to me, is if you want to apply for asylum, you apply in the country you live in. And if yep. you can't apply there, then it's the first country that you cross that border into. So you don't get to have the privilege to travel from South America all the way through Mexico and then get to the United States and say, hey, all of a sudden, I want to apply for asylum. It doesn't work that way. This has to be a system in place that says if you, don't, if you can't live in the place that you are because of political prosecution or other reasons, then you have to apply for asylum in either your country or the first country that you come to so that you can stop taking advantage of the immigration system, which is fundamentally broken here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. If we want to make it work again, they're going to have to fix it. And they haven't fixed it in, what, 40 years, to be honest with you. So let me just ask this last question for you. And uh, the president listens to all kinds of people when he's putting together his ideas about what he wants to do. Did he talk closely with uh, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas about uh, the merit-based thing? I mean, Senator Cotton's been pushing this for several years now. And then Dan Stein and Bob Dane over at FAIR, have they been part and partial to this as well? 
You know, I, I can tell you this without revealing a private conversation. Um, the president has spoken to Senator Tom Cotton uh, on many occasions and very recently uh, on this topic. And, and the senior members of the administration, both Stephen Miller and Jared Kushner, were up on Capitol Hill talking with Senator Cotton and his colleagues about this before we actually uh, announced this immigration package. But that said, and if you, if you follow the president's Twitter account, and I'm not giving away a nuclear secret because I think he sent it to 55 million people. I think he said something like, just spoke with Senator Tom Cotton. Oh, and by the way, go out and buy his book because he's a great yeah. guy. So this is, this is one of the issues that Senator Cotton has been a leader on, on merit-based immigration for a long time. And the Democrats have no interest in seeing it be successful. And Senator Cotton has continued to be a voice on this for a reason. And hopefully we will continue to hold their feet to the fire that says, if you want to come to this country, you do it legally and you do it for the best interest of our country, not the best interest of yourself. Well, fair to tell you, holding their feet to the fire is important. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining us. I knew we only had about 12 minutes. I'll keep it at that. Let's uh, do this again in the future, shall we? My pleasure. And if you find a drive-in, we'll go together. How's that? I know where there's one at right up here in Arkansas. You come in, I'll take you to it. I may just do that. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Corey uh, Lewandowski here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to hear from him again. But, yeah, Senator Tom Cotton has been huge on this whole thing about merit, and I'm sure that he has spoken, uh, you know, very, you know, bluntly at times and face-to-face but respectfully to the president of the United States. And uh, I think the Democrats are in a tough tough bind right here. Look, they're not going to help us on this. I think you know that and I know that. That's pretty pretty straightforward. They're not interested. But when you got Canada, when you have Australia that have been doing it, I think Australia for about 30 years now, uh, merit-based, and Canada for at least close to 20. Uh, and you got most of the European nations uh, doing that, except during the, the influx of, of Muslims that came in uh, from the uh, the Middle East. And, I'm sh- and I think if they could go back and redo that, they would, to be honest. But the bottom line is simply this. The Democrats have no interest in changing anything right now. Uh, big article today. I'm going to try. I think I've got it in my pile here and I'm going to talk about it, uh, that they're moving a lot of the illegals coming across the border right now. Do you know, do you know where they're putting them at, uh, Russ? I've, I've heard, I can't remember where. Southern Florida. They're dropping them down in Miami? Right around Miami. What's the state that they would like to win in every presidential election? Florida. That's exactly right. I'll leave everybody to figure that the one out. Chad was the way to <laughs> cheat it the last time. Well, it might be a hanging one next time. I'm just saying. So Dave Ellswick show a break and then we're back with more. So they're looking at uh, tens of thousands of people to be sent uh, to southern Florida. Now, there was one thing that was not in the president's uh, address yesterday that I sure wish that he would uh, make uh, a national priority, and that's E-Verify. I don't know if you're familiar with them uh, or with that process of, uh, you know, making sure that people who come into our country, they get uh, they get jobs. Uh, the companies 
register on E-Verify and uh, the people who take some of those jobs that we know are uh, from outside the United States are entered in, and this way we can keep track of what's going on. Uh, but you can't get Congress to agree on it. Uh, some Republicans, who, of course, has big uh, business financing their careers, uh, won't do it because big business, some of them, don't want E-Verify. And then you got others uh, like uh, the Democrats who they just want votes and they don't care where the, where the votes come from. And so they don't want it so that they don't have to worry about uh, it being those people knowing being known where they're at. So E-Verify is the federal database that confirms that the workers in a country are in the country legally. Now, Trump did call for an E-Verify mandate in a campaign stump speech two years ago, uh, back in uh, August of, uh, about three years ago now, August of uh, 2016. But since then, uh, it seems to have fallen down, you know, Alice in Wonderland's, you know, the hole in the ground there, and nobody's remembering it. Uh, and I know like FAIR, and you've heard Dan Stein, the CEO of FAIR, here on this show many a time, and every year this year I will not be going to hold your feet to the fire, not because it's uh, that I don't want to, it's that, that they decided to have it on the week I'm going on my summer vacation uh, in September. So um, although we, if we move it to October, and there's a possibility for that, uh, then at that point, uh, I'll make sure that I go back to hold their feet to the fire, which brings everybody who's anybody dealing with illegal immigration uh, into an area with a ton of talk show hosts from across the United States. And every year I'm invited to be there. They want me there. And, and because I've been I've been about uh, getting this uh, stuff on the border uh, cleared up for years. I mean, go back to the to the eighties, and I was talking about it. I was, you know, here in uh, in Little Rock. I've been talking about it since about uh, two thousand and three, four, uh, when Bush was president. That's when I went down to the King Anvil Ranch down in Arizona, and when the Minutemen were doing their thing, that that zeroes down the the time frame a little bit for you but i went down and did a week from the border and couldn't get a border guard or anybody be able to come on the air because the government said no uh we won't let that happen and i did my best by talking and probably better by talking to the ranchers and talking to the minutemen and talking to the business owners of uh, that area uh, of our country and you hear in the real life stories of the people that uh, they were, you know, what they were dealing with there. And you heard real time stories of how uh, on the King Anvil Ranch, which is 500 and something uh, square miles. Uh, and at the time when illegals were flooding across the border there, uh, there were 3000 plus people coming across or trying to come across every day. It got to the point where the people 
couldn't even leave their homes uh, during the evening for sure, but very seldom even during the late afternoons because of the, the drug cartels and uh, because of uh, you know, the guys that were running the people and, and all the rest. It was absolutely uh, crazy, and you can still do a search on um, you know, Google, type in uh, Border Discussion, Dave Ellswick Show, and you're going to see pictures from there. You'll see the pictures of the bicycles that have been confiscated, uh, the people sitting by the buses as they were getting ready to be deported. Uh, and and what they did at that point is they took the people and they took them to a, a holding uh, facility. They took their backpacks back to Mexico, across the border and uh, far down into Mexico. And then when they deported people, they took them all by bus uh, down into those areas, kind of like during the time of Eisenhower's uh, time in office, and they deported a lot of illegals, and they took them to Veracruz and put them aboard some some boats and things there. But the bottom line is is that they took their backpacks there, took the people kind of someplace else, because if you gave them their backpacks and they had them, when you took them back to Mexico and you let them out of the bus, as the bus would pull away and it, heading back to the United States, they could look in the rearview mirrors and the people were walking this way again. They were going to try to. They were going to try coming back. Now I'm not going to say that uh, all those people are bad. I know they want a better life. I know where they were living at probably sucked. But here's the key. We need to know who's coming in. We need to control how many people were coming in. Right now, there's a need to have people from other countries, but we want to vet them before we let them in. But there's going to be a time when jobs get tight and they get tight, then time to go home. You don't want to be an American citizen. You don't want to assimilate into our country. If you just want a job, when we got more jobs than what we can fill with our own citizens, which... I challenge, and I think it's just a matter of we won't put people, make them go to work. I mean, look, the part of the government is fighting this because they they want to make sure that uh, we give health insurance for entrance interest here in Arkansas uh, to people who could work if they wanted to. But even if they won't get off their butt and get a job, we'll give them free insurance. B.S., I'm not supposed to pay for that person. Neither are you. You don't want to work. Then, just like the Bible says, neither shall you eat. It's that simple. All right, we got to get a break in. we got more coming up. i got a lot of stuff to talk about. Dealing with uh, illegal immigration, yet to talk about. We'll talk about the Attorney General Barr and what's going on with that whole thing. Got a lot today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Enjoy the news. We'll be back in about sixty or about six minutes. All right, let's get up uh, into the four o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, usually Fridays is a fun Friday. Today we got a lot of news that we should go out and uh, and check on as we get ready for the weekend because uh, there's going to be stories that go through the weekend. And with that in mind, uh, let's do that. And this whole thing about the Attorney General and 
how they're going to try to keep him uh, in contempt of Congress and all of that. Uh, they're not going to arrest him. They're not going to try to put him in jail. The last time anybody was held in contempt and was put in jail was when? Want to take a guess, Russ? You're talking about on the federal level as yes, far as a government just, official just, goes. Just because I know there have been people, contempt, attorneys, who yeah. couldn't keep their mouth shut. Yeah, long contempt enough in front of, of Congress. Contempt of Congress, specifically. Aaron, I don't know, Aaron Burr? Yeah. <laughs> That's a little further back than what it really was, but 1934. That's the last time anybody cooled their heels in jail when they were in contempt of Congress. So I'm, Who I'm was not, it? Gosh, I can't think of the guy's name. He he lived in he lived kind of like what's his name that was out there in Nevada. Uh, no, Harry Reid. He lived uh, in a real fancy uh, motel or hotel. You, look, if you're if you're staying in the building in the city, it's a hotel, right? It's not a motel. So it wasn't like he was staying at a Motel Six. He was in. Uh, one of the real big fancy hotels, and that's where he lived. I mean, he, back in 1934, they were still doing the same. They're doing the same stuff they're doing today. It has never changed. Bunch of them are crooks. We know that. Not all of them. A good portion of them are, though. They're there to do nothing more than to fatten their own purses, for the most part. So, back in 1934, last time anybody was truly arrested uh, for uh, contempt of Congress. Uh, and they, you know, they're they're talking about this about Barr. Would it be in? It would end up being a lawsuit kind of thing and cost somebody some money. But the money would be paid by the administration, which means your tax money would end up being what has to be paid for what Congress is trying to do. Anyway, uh, Barr said that uh, what the Democrats are really trying to do is to undermine his credibility. Because they're really concerned about what he's trying to do to get to the bottom of what went down with the uh, with the FBI uh, and and whatnot dealing with the Trump campaign. Here's what he had to say. Let's move further into that that aspect of this because you you are being heavily criticized by Democrats, by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She believes you lied under oath. What do you think of that charge? Well, I think it's a, it's a laughable charge, and I think it's largely being made to try to discredit me, partly because they may be concerned about the outcome of a, of a review of what happened during the uh, during the election. What does that mean? That, that means they may be trying to under, undermine my credibility, but uh, obviously you can look at the face of my testimony and see on its face that there's nothing uh, inaccurate about it. You uh, report... All right, so... There's the the big one there. All right, they're trying to undermine me. That's what they're they're trying to do. He went on and was asked about Mueller testifying before Congress, as though the way it's been presented by the press and stuff that if Mueller comes in and testifies to Congress, you know that uh, Barr is shaking in his boots because uh, Mueller's going to be blowing the whistle or something on him. And uh, here's what he said about that. You're okay with him testifying? Absolutely. He works for you? Yes. Or under you? Yes. Or did? 
What seems to be the holdup? Jerry Nadler said this week it will happen soon. Perhaps it happens in June or not. Do you have any information on that? My understanding is that uh, Chairman uh, Nadler is talking this over with uh, Bob Mueller and his staff and trying to schedule it. So you expect it to happen? I have no reason to think it won't. Do you believe members of Mueller's team around him put pressure on him to include certain aspects in that report? I don't want to speculate because I just don't know. Do you believe he gave in any of that pressure? I don't want to speculate. I really wasn't there to watch the interaction of his staff. All right, so there you have it. I mean, he's he's not he's not scared of these people. Never has been. I don't think he's ever going to be. I mean, he went in on, on this uh, this interview, and then he talked about what he really, really wants to do. Cut number four. Cut number four. I've been trying to get answers to questions, and I found that a lot of the answers have been inadequate. And I've also found that uh, some of the explanations I've gotten don't hang together. So in in a sense, I have more questions today than I did when I first started. Some of what things don't hang together? Some of the explanations of what occurred. Why does that matter? Because I think people have to find out what the government was doing during that period. If we're if we're worried about foreign influence, for the very same reason, we should be worried about whether government officials abuse their power and put their thumb on the scale. And and so I'm not saying that happened, uh, but I'm saying that we have to look at that. There's questions about it. There's a lot of questions about it. There's a lot of other questions, offshoot questions about. Why was, uh, you know, things said about the Trump campaign and things about how the Trump campaign was being carried on when Hillary was doing all kinds of things in her campaign and nobody was questioning what was going on? Or if questions were were brought up, they were just pushed to the side. Last but not least, as Barr was sitting here talking with, uh, I think it's folks from Fox, and uh, they asked him about, you know, how the president felt and what he thought about the president calling it all just uh, uh, this cut number three, calling everything just a witch hunt. Calls it a hoax. Would you agree with that? Well, as I've, I've said, if, if you were the president, I think he would view it as a as a witch hunt and a hoax, uh, because at the time he was saying he, he was innocent and that he was being falsely accused. And that's if you're falsely accused, uh, you would think that something was a witch hunt. I have to say, you know, when you step back and look at this. Two, two and a half years of his administration, three years of Trump, you know, the campaign and then the first part of his administration, uh, he has been hammered uh, for something, uh, you know, for allegedly conspiring with the Russians. And that we now know that was simply false. Are you comfortable using those words? Witch hunt? Hoax? I use what words I use, and, and it was an investigation, but I think if I had been falsely accused, I'd, I'd be comfortable saying it was a, a witch hunt. <laughs> I like this guy. I mean, I might not like all of his politics. I don't like his views on guns for the most part, things of that nature. But dealing with this specific story that we have been talking about before the election even took place. And then, as he said, during the whole beginning of the Trump administration, and then it gets to the finally they get to the end and Mueller puts out his report and, you know, He wasn't working with the Russians. His campaign wasn't working with the Russians. We've known it. They've known it. The people who have been trying to bring down the president. Yeah, I think 
if I were the person that was in the same position that the president was in, I would that for me to call it a witch hunt would be <laughs> how do we put this? Uh, that would be low key, uh, gross understatement. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'd have some things to say about it. Who we got waiting to talk to us? Okay. Okay, Jerry's good. Okay. Hey, Jerry, how are you doing? Uh, this is actually Jim. I was out in Hazen, but I'm in Carlisle now. Oh, okay. Great, Jim. It's good to hear back man. from you. Yeah, man, this is... Do I really got to follow that? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's, it's was, pretty good to follow, isn't it? Well, I think, I think it's outstanding, but, you know... You talk about the stuff that they've done to Trump. You know, I liken this to what they did to Bill Clinton, and Clinton was guilty. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is unreal. What what our government has has just the all the all time low that they have sunk to. It's unbelievable what they're doing and what they've done to Trump. You know, and I mean, and 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 he's just. Looked him square in the eye and continued his business as usual, and and has created close to eight million jobs. Yeah, that's all he's done. Yeah, right. And you know, that's just what do you do to the people that hate you the most? uh, Shove greatness in their face. Yeah, that's that is exactly what you got to do. Thank you for your call. Here's here's the key. All right. And my dad always said that. Uh, it's a de- and it, it's out of the Bible. And, they, and they, you know, when people are lying about you, when people are calling you names, uh, you bury them in love. And it's like putting heat, you know, it's like putting shovelfuls of burning coals on their head. And it makes them act even stupider. And, that, and that's what we're seeing happen in, in Washington. Uh, that whole part of... Uh, we're at the point now that Americans know that what the Democrats are doing is just ultimately just BS. They're lying. They continue to lie. Look, they all last year, they were just talking when the Mueller report comes out. Oh, it'll be all over for Trump then. When the Mueller report comes out, it's all going to be against him, and you know we're going to impeach him. We're going to get him out of the White House, and then the, and then the Mueller part, uh, report came out, and what happened? No collusion. No collusion. You can't have obstruction if you have no crime. You can't be obstructing anything if you haven't had a crime. That's at least my my feeling about it. And so the bottom line of all of this, there's nothing there. To, to use the words of uh, Democrats, it's a nothing burger. It's, there's absolutely no validity to any of this. And now they're wanting to change uh, everything and say, Mueller did tell us all the truth. We want to get him up in front of us. And they, they want more of the circus again. They're doing this all as a circus, and that's just to keep the government from doing the business they need to do didn't they ballyhoo the democrats ballyhoo when they when Mueller was assigned to yes. this gig yes yeah best thing since peanut butter and jelly and remember when comey was in there as the head of the fbi they hated his guts 
They wanted him fired, and then the president fired him, and they said, you can't fire him, and he can. Of course he can. And they just went, They anything this president does, doesn't matter what, Russ, they're taking the opposite tack because what they want is the White House back. I remember a term that was used back in the WJC days, and that was waffle. He was the biggest waffler, and yeah. that's what the rest of them are doing right now. Hmm. They find one thing that they want to go after, and when it doesn't turn out the way that they want it, they flip, and yeah. they go a totally different direction. Yeah, yeah. They, they use waffling a lot for John Kerry. Remember him? By the way, he needs to be, he needs to be uh, put in jail under the Logan Act. Have you heard that he's been talking to the Iranians while the president is talking to the Iranians? Yeah. You I've don't heard. do that. You don't do that. That's against the law. Telling them to do this and do that to supersede what the President of the United States is trying to do. You can be put in jail for that under the Logan Act. And rightly so. Treason, he go isn't to, it? And basically, that's what it comes down to. He should go to jail. Let him windsurf there. All right. We'll take a break. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. 25 minutes uh, after four. You're heading home. Congratulations. Your weekend has begun. Or some others, it won't happen for uh, another hour. And then they'll be able to put their hands up like they're riding a roller coaster and cheer a little bit. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing Home Solutions. They're excited. Make sure that you know they now clean out gutters. I know there's a lot of you who still do that. And uh, now you can have the professionals at PI Roofing Home Solutions take care of it for you. You don't have to... Go to, you know, get up on the ladder and dig that crap out of your gutters yourself. So uh, PI Roofing Home Solutions bought up Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. And if you've had Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services, you're going to get that same great, high-quality gutter cleaning service that Tommy's gave you. But it'll be done by PI Roofing Home Solutions. And on top of that, you'll now get the great, high-quality and a great uh, home uh, repairs uh, from PI Roofing. So here's what you do. You just go to PIRoofing.com. PIRoofing.com. All the information is there. How you can get them to your home to take care of all of that for you. You know, I, I, it's almost a necessity to do a, a daily AOC segment on the show. Because she says some of the craziest stuff in the world. She is actually leading hate crimes hearings uh, in the House. And I want to play this for you. This is, you tell me that this is not a true leftist in this woman. I mean, she is over the edge. She was talking about white men. Doesn't matter. I mean, this takes in you into account, me into account, uh, takes Russ, takes you into account. She says, uh, we're almost immune from being called, are you ready for this, domestic terrorists. 
Here, let's listen to what AOC has to say. The San Bernardino attack was labeled, the San Bernardino attack of December 2nd, 2015, was labeled as a domestic terrorist incident. Is, is that correct? I believe so. Um, Mr. Austin, do you know uh, the June 12, 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting was also labeled as a domestic terrorist incident, correct? That's my understanding. Uh, Mr. Salim, when Dylan Roof, a 21-year-old white supremacist, entered the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church and murdered nine African-American worshipers, was that labeled as an incidence of domestic terrorism? I don't believe it was, but there's no question that it was. So it was, in your, in your belief as, as a leader in this space, it was an incidence of domestic terrorism, but it was not labeled as such. That's correct. Uh, was the white supremacist shooting at Pittsburgh Tree of Life Synagogue labeled as a domestic terrorist in this incident? I'm not aware that it was, although then Attorney General Sessions came out and called it that. But the, the charges that, were, that have been brought to bear and are currently playing out in court are not ones of terrorism. So despite all of that rhetoric that we were hearing, they weren't actually labeled these white supremacist incidents were not labeled as domestic terrorist incidents. And, you know, I really dug into some of these distinctions. What was labeled as domestic terrorism? What was labeled as a hate crime? And I could not help, but as much as I tried to dig in and explain, I could not help but feel and see that attacks committed by Muslim Americans were auto, almost automatically labeled as domestic terrorist incidents, yet white supremacist shooting after shooting after shooting is not. And I can't help but come to the conclusion that these labels, what's being labeled as terrorism is almost exclusively coming down to the identity. And it seems as though white men uh, invoking white supremacy and engaging in mass shootings are almost immune from being there labeled you go. domestic terrorists. All right, we'll talk violence. about it after uh, the news. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Now, let me go back and play this piece from AOC again. And listen to what she's trying to do. She is trying to equate some white supremacists that uh, murdered some people uh, here in the United States with Muslim terrorists that have, in many cases, murdered tens of of, uh, hundreds of people. In the name of their religion, she wants to know why white men aren't uh, being called domestic terrorists or where I this because this stuff is. I mean, if you listen to her logic, it's convoluted and it makes no sense at all. But let me play this back. This is cut seven. And this is uh, Cortez and doing her her thing at the House hate crimes hearing. The San Bernardino attack was labeled, the San Bernardino attack of December 2nd, 2015, was labeled as a domestic terrorist incident. Is, is that correct? I believe so. Um, Mr. Austin, do you know the June 12, 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting was also labeled as a domestic terrorist incident, correct? That's my understanding. Uh, 
Mr. Saleem, when Dylan Roof, a 21-year-old white supremacist, entered the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church and murdered nine African-American worshipers, was that labeled as an incidence of domestic terrorism? I don't believe it was, but there's no question that it was. So it was, in your, in your belief as, as a leader in this space, it was an incidence of domestic terrorism, but it was not labeled as such. That's correct. Uh, was the white supremacist shooting at Pittsburgh Tree of Life Synagogue labeled as a domestic terrorist in this incident? I'm not aware that it was, although then Attorney General Sessions came out and called it that. But the, the charges that, were, that have been brought to bear and are currently playing out in court are not ones of terrorism. So despite all of that rhetoric that we were hearing, they weren't actually labeled these white supremacist incidents were not labeled as domestic terrorist incidents. And, you know, I really dug into some of these distinctions. What was labeled as domestic terrorism? What was labeled as a hate crime? And I could not help, but as much as I tried to dig in and explain, I could not help but feel and see that attacks committed by Muslim Americans were auto almost automatically labeled as domestic terrorist incidents, yet white supremacist shooting after shooting after shooting is not. And I can't help but come to the conclusion that these labels, what's being labeled as terrorism is almost exclusively coming down to the identity. And it seems as though white men uh, invoking white supremacy and engaging in mass shootings are almost immune from being labeled domestic terrorists in their violence. Uh, do you find similar patterns, Mr. Salim? I think when we look at, and I'll just call it what it is, the terrorism that has been perpetrated against not just Jewish communities, but against Muslim communities, against Christian communities in Charleston, against Sikh communities in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, and a range of other uh, communities that organize based on race, national origin, ethnicity, color, etc. Like these acts that take lives, I don't know how you can label these actions in the eyes of the victims or the families or the communities that are affected anything other than acts of terrorism. Thank you. Thank you very much. How about just acts of evil? Is that good? Is that going to make you feel? What does it matter, AOC? I think that I wish the person who was answering these questions, but you don't get to ask questions back of these people, you know, House members or senators. Um, what's the big deal here? Semantics. It's all it is. It's semantics. I mean, killing is killing. I don't care what you want to call it. It's murder. I, I Look, I'm not going to identify uh, the scum in any other way than whether they're red, black, green, purple, orange, uh, Muslim, white supremacist, uh, you know, whatever. The bottom line is they're all just cold-blooded murderers. And if they would just take them and take them out behind the building and put a bullet in their head and be done with it, We'd be done with it. It's that simple. This is nothing more than a sitting U.S. congresswoman trying to divide, divide us. That's exactly what she's trying to do, to divide us. Why don't you just call them all killers? They're all killers. And why do they want to say something like, 
Uh, there were Muslim terrorists because we're at war with Muslim terrorists. As far as I know, we haven't uh, declared war on uh, white supremacists. We might think they're nuts and they're they're ignorant and they're stupid, uh, but uh, we haven't declared, nor have they declared war on us. Not so with ISIS, which, by the way, San Bernardino had their uh, attachment to. The same thing with the Orlando shooter. There was an attachment to Middle East terrorism. So, you know, just stop it. And if you don't know that 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 you're not to what you're saying has no reason to be said, except that you're trying to divide people and you're trying, you know, I don't know what to tell her. I really don't. I don't know what to tell her. You know, go some other country if you want to live there. Feel free. Be happy to let you do that. We're not going to hold you here. All right. The media is notorious for presenting stories in such a way that they give it a slant. I've seen it. You've seen it. I see it more than a lot of people see it because... I was a a journalist student in college. I worked uh, for newspapers in Chicago. I've done news uh, for many years on the radio. And I know and and can listen uh, to reporters when they're trying to slant something. Well, NBC celebrated uh, that New York law that, quote, protected extreme late-term abortions. I'm going to play you an NBC story. You listen to me. Uh, listen to this, and where do you think this particular reporter's um, ties were? Were they with the late-term abortion, or were they not with late-term abortion, or were they objective? Did they just tell you the story? Did they just explain to you what the New York law did? Take a listen to this. Good evening, everyone. The sweeping challenge to abortion rights in this country is picking up traction tonight and rallying activists on both sides. Alabama's newly minted abortion ban, not the first nor the last, as Missouri today moved a step closer to its own crackdown. The map of states that have recently introduced or enacted abortion restrictions, along with those moving to protect abortion rights, outlining the emotionally charged battle lines. Our Stephanie Gosk has the latest. With the ink barely dry on Alabama's new abortion law, the strictest in the nation, the movement to push anti-abortion legislation in other states is gathering steam. This is a very backward step for women's rights. I think life should be protected. In Missouri today, the state Senate voted 24-10 to ban the procedure after eight weeks. We have the opportunity to be one of the strongest pro-life states in the country. In Louisiana, a so-called heartbeat bill that bans abortions after roughly six weeks has passed the Senate and is being rapidly pushed to the House. The wave of new laws that began after conservative Brett Kavanaugh's appointment to the Supreme Court last fall is reigniting a debate that has riled this country for generations. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't know a woman who would have an abortion. Well, you know me. Actress Busy Phillips revealing she had an abortion at 15. I'm telling you this 
because I'm genuinely really scared for women. Now, thousands of women are sharing their own stories with the hashtag, you know me, like New York City school teacher Kat Bresler. I can't imagine somebody else being able to have the authority over my body. She was 19 years old and still in college when she had an abortion. I will be vocal and I will fight for this. But in Ohio, where a heartbeat ban was signed last month, Stephanie Kreider is feeling inspired. Now is our time. It is our time to speak up. Kreider has been fighting to overturn Roe v. Wade for a decade. It's safe to come out and say, I want to be a voice for the unborn. And I think we're just seeing more and more people stepping out and doing that. Stephanie, joining me now, what do we know specifically about these states that are trying to move to protect abortion rights? Sure, Lester. Well, the state of New York has already passed a law that protects abortion in the third trimester under certain circumstances. But there are 10 other states that are looking at proposals to protect abortions. One of them is Massachusetts, where the legislation proposes removing certain obstacles and expanding access. All right, Stephanie, thank you. And that Alabama law is just one of the many battle lines already being drawn going into the 2020 election. NBC's Kristen Welker with a look at how this contested issue could have a big impact on the race for president. Could the culture wars now make a comeback as a top issue in 2020? Alabama's new law making virtually every abortion a crime, even in cases of rape and incest, sparked an intense debate there. Why are you putting yourself in God's shoes? It's not our place as humans to extinguish that life. Now, the measure is becoming a rallying cry nationally for 2020 Democrats, alarmed by a growing number of state laws restricting abortion. It's nothing short of an attack on women's basic human rights rights and civil rights. Women's health care is under attack and we will not stand for it. There you go. All right. You just you just listen to the side when it's the pro-abortion side being played. Uh, it's all about uh, the people talking about rights, civil rights and all the rest. Uh, you, you hear the other side and it's always an attack on rights. Uh, they don't talk about on the pro-life side that the reason they're doing what they're doing is because there's a, another life being talked about here that everybody, except for basically pro-life people, I know pro-abortion people, they don't even want to get into the uh, the whole thing about uh, another life. They don't want to talk about that. The lady who said she was 16 when she had an abortion. The one who was 19 that had an abortion. They talked about that shouldn't have I, I, I that shouldn't be uh, the government shouldn't be doing anything to uh, keep me from having an abortion. It, it it's all about me. There's nothing mentioned in a story about the child. I, I've I've listened to this story or versions of this story a lot of times. You never hear reporters ask, "But what about an unborn baby? What about the secondary life here? What do you think about that?" Most of them, a lot of them, in fact, I won't say most of them, I can't speak with that specificity, 
I can say that uh, a large percentage of them still think that it's just a glob of tissue, that, that there's no humanness about it, although humanness is determined by your DNA. You're going to be a human. That's what your DNA says that you're going to be, and it'll tell you whether you're going to be a boy or a girl, tell you the color of your eyes and things of that nature as well. It's a person. It's in a state of development, but it's always, at the end, going to be a person. So it's interesting to me that that part of it isn't talked about. They don't do stories like that. They don't take you inside the womb on these stories. They don't deal with that part of it. It's the reason that they're so afraid of the Alabama law and they don't want to get it to the Supreme Court. They'd like to kill it and hope that the Supreme Court won't hear it because it deals with personhood. Is what is being carried in the womb of that woman a person? Is it or isn't it? Does it have to take a breath before it's a person? Or is it a person from the moment of conception? Just in a different stage of development. Guess what? If you're out there and let's say you're in your 20s, here in another 40 years, you're not going to look like you look right now. People might not even recognize you when you get older. Does that make you any less human? No, you're still a human. You may need extra help because perhaps... Life is, uh, your DNA uh, didn't deal you a a really good hand, and maybe you had, you know, uh, heart problems, or you had real bad cases with diabetes, maybe you, you had to have a limb removed or whatever, but you're still a human, even though you needed help in staying alive. All right, 10 minutes uh, to uh, 5 o'clock. We'll be back. We'll talk more. It's the Dave Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right. Earlier, was it this hour that I started talking about that? I guess it was because it was after we finished with Lewandowski. Uh, I told you about Florida and how Florida was kind of going to end up being ground zero about illegal immigration. Uh, Today, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and I I found this story finally because I had read about it. I wanted to read this to you again uh, now so that you could hear it. Uh, On Friday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis fought back against the idea of transferring illegal immigrants for the southern U.S. border to Broward and Palm Beach counties. That's in southern Florida. DeSantis was reacting to the announcement on uh, Thursday from Palm Beach County Sheriff Rick Bradshaw and Broward Mayor Mark Bogan, that U.S. Border Patrol had told them that two plane loads of immigrants would be transferred to their counties each week, roughly 500 per month, to each county. DeSantis said he was going to communicate with President Trump, according to the Orlando Sentinel, asserting nothing's concrete. There's been no migrants brought, released in Florida. This was not something that came down from the White House. This is something that came out of an agency. 
sometimes this stuff happens. Ultimately, this is something I'm going to have to talk to the president about. We cannot accommodate in Florida just dumping unlawful migrants into our state. I think it attacks our resources, our schools, and our health care, our law enforcement, our state agencies. On May 2nd, the Florida legislature passed a bill banning sanctuary policies that protect illegal immigrants and required law enforcement to cooperate with federal immigration officials. DeSantis, who supported the bill, said we have, are a strong state and a stronger state when we protect our residents, foster safe communities, respect the work of law enforcement at every level. The bill requires state entities, local government entities, and law enforcement agencies to use best efforts to support the enforcement of federal immigration law and prohibits restrictions by the entities and agencies on taking certain actions with respect to information regarding a person's immigration status. It also authorizes a law enforcement agency to transport an alien unlawfully present in the United States under certain circumstances. Friday, uh, today, this morning, in fact, DeSantis stated, quote, the disaster that we're seeing at the border, that is a disaster created by the policies that were enacted by the Congress of the United States, unquote. Continuing, he said, bottom line is it doesn't matter. South Florida, Central Florida, Northeast Florida, and Florida, we have a lot of fish to fry in our own state with our own citizens and to just be on the hook for things that really are a result of the congress's failure the failed policy of the federal government that is not acceptable speaking of the sheriff's responsibility DeSantis said can't be expected to start serving thousands of other folks from another country in february DeSantis announced he wanted the florida department of corrections to consider florida participating in a federal immigration program permitting trained officers to ask someone about their immigration status if they were arrested. What they're doing is something that is very sensible. All right? It's very simple. Uh, simple. They're not transferring their sheriff's departments into an immigration agency, but when you have somebody who is in their custody, who has done something that they're going to be held accountable for, and they're not here legally, it makes sense to be able to seamlessly work with the federal authorities. That's the time. Florida, next ground zero in the immigration battle. Back after the news. All right, back, final hour, Dave Ellswick show for this week. Want to go back talking about the media a little bit and how they try to shape how you will view the people who are moving forward on pro-life legislation. Let me kind of give you some examples of this when referencing the laws of alabama uh which just recently uh you know passed their uh law that uh, said that there's only very few uh, reasons that an abortion is legal that women can't be held uh criminally responsible on an abortion uh but that Doctors could be, Uh, but you got Alabama, you got Georgia heartbeat bill in in Georgia, heartbeat bill now in Missouri, eight-week bill in Mississippi. All of these have passed in the last uh, two and a half weeks. 
And when they talk about these laws, listen to the incendiary words they use. The reporters, if you listen, use these types of buzzwords, and they're used for a reason. Extreme. Who says they're extreme? Instead of the reporter saying, if you got somebody that's a doctor or something like that, and he wants to say they're too extreme, that's fine. That's his opinion. Your opinion shouldn't be in the news story, so you shouldn't say it. You shouldn't say controversial. You shouldn't say restrictive. Those were all words that were used by Jerrica Duncan on CBS This Morning on May 15th. Then she went on to wonder aloud uh, if the abortion ban would, quote, endanger minority women. And sat down with an interview with an abortion activist who was wearing a shirt that said everyone loves someone who had an abortion. Carrie Sanders on NBC's Today profiled some of the backlash that the bills were having. Jan Crawford on CBS This Morning said these state laws are just coming too fast and they are too extreme. That's your opinion, ma'am. That's not the news. I mean, I would, I'd go along for you to say they're coming fast. I don't think I would say they're coming too fast. It's been 40-odd years this has been going on. I don't know if you can say 41 years is too fast. Earlier in the month, CBS This Morning co-host John Dicker said of the Georgia heartbeat bill, quote, This morning, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is expected to sign one of the most restrictive and controversial anti-abortion laws in the country. You better have a whole reason why you want to use the word controversial. While many networks ignore the clear extremism on display, for instance, with the New York abortion law, abortion up to the child crowning its head in the birth canal, NBC Nightly News actually hailed the law. Let me say it again. They hailed the law as, quote, good news, unquote, in the fight for abortion rights. Lester Holt asked Stephanie Gosk, I played this part for you, what do we know specifically about these states that are trying to move and protect abortion rights? Goss said that New York, quote, has already passed a law that protects abortion in the third trimester under certain circumstances, but there are 10 other states that are looking at proposals to protect abortions. One of them, Massachusetts, where the legislature proposes in good news, removing certain obstacles and expanding access. That's not objectivity. That is specifically opinionated news. 12 minutes after 5. And it has an effect, just so you'll know. Tim Ryan, who's running for president, was asked about 
things like uh, abortion as he's running for president. I want you to hear what he has to say here, and I'm going to I'm going to point out how ignorant this statement is. It's uh, cut number eight. Would you have a if you're president? Would you essentially have a a row litmus test for judges? Yeah, yeah, I would most definitely. This is not something to be messed with. Pure and simple. Not at this at this moment in history. People could try to dance around it. I will, you know, Mm -hmm. I will have someone who will protect Roe v. Wade. No question about it. Uh, You said something interesting, and we played the bite earlier that. It, it, and you were referring to when the Ohio law was passed. That this was this was basically a failing of of the Democratic Party, I guess, for the last twenty or thirty years, not winning these ele- not winning enough of these elections. You're referring to not just the presidency, but I really think it sounds like you're referring to Senate yeah. races, state legislative races, um, where where all of these bills are taking place. And it was an interesting comment because. Do you at all regret not running for governor? Many Ohio Democrats believe. You should have been in that governor's mansion vetoing that bill rather than not running in 18 and being one of 24 people running for president today. What do you say to that criticism? Well, it wasn't my time. I didn't, you know, I got a young family. And at that point, you know, I was not prepared to run for a statewide office. And, you know, that obviously changed now. I'm running for president. A lot has changed, really. But, uh, you know, you can't look through the rearview mirror. There's no way to do it. Let me just stop there. And I really want to just, you know, draw attention to the first thing you said. As president, I would have a Roe v. Wade litmus test for judicial nominations. In what way? How are you going to do that? We can go back and look at the Supreme Court and say, you know what? We should put this person on the Supreme Court because we know that they're going to vote this way. And then they don't. Left and right, countless times, have been uh, disappointed in how Supreme Court justices have ruled at times. He's a, this. Let me uh, take you back to the the last time on the right. We were really, really, really disappointed. Roberts, and he kept Obamacare alive. He wrote. He rewrote the law. He did what a Supreme Court justice is never supposed to do. And he kept it going. You know it. I know it. All you got to do is go back and read how it all happened. But the biggest thing you cannot guarantee is I'm putting somebody on there that I know will vote a certain way. You're lying to people when you say in that. You're misleading people when you say that. You can put people in and you can say, you know, this person that I'm nominating is an originalist. And I, you know, I think that they're going to uphold the Constitution. They may go in there and just blow the Constitution out of the water. You may put somebody on the uh, Supreme Court that actually says something like uh, South Africa's got the best uh, Constitution. I'd rather have that Constitution than our own. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has said that. I don't know if anybody would ever get in who said that. 
she hadn't she hadn't said it until just recently so she's already been on the court and looks like she's going to dig her fingernails in until the day she dies i think they're going to have to carry her out feet first now the bottom line is you you can't blame that that's just political bs you just don't know how a person's ever going to vote that's just the, the way it is all right 17 after five let's get a break we got to do it here on the dave ellswick show all right so yeah just trying to point out a few things that uh you should always keep in mind one is i'll only put people on the supreme court that will follow the constitution you can have a list just like the president has right now that uh you know of people that you are going to make sure uh is uh you know, going to take care of uh, the Constitution and then find out after they get elected or get uh, through the confirmation process and get on to the Supreme Court that even a lot of the questions they answered on uh, the confirmation process, they didn't answer them truthfully. Just telling you. Because actions speak louder than words, right? There's people who have said this and that and they wouldn't, they'd, They'd uh, make a decision this way or that way, and then they got on the Supreme Court, or any court for that matter, and absolutely different, and said things that were different than, uh, you know, what they said they would do. It was just a 180 turn as far as that was concerned. So, you know, be honest with yourself to know that that's uh, something that just is the truth of the matter. You know, have you ever wondered how do you uh, get other people uh, that you know that are friends and how do they get away with paying a lot fewer taxes than everybody else? I mean, you see your tax bill, you see their tax bill, you go, we make about the same. How are they not paying as much as, uh, you know, as us? Well, learn the little known strategies that could help you Save uh, tens of thousands of dollars in taxes and get yourself a free tax reduction analysis. Now, David Lucas just had some um, special uh, meetings where you could go and, and hear all of this. I know he's got some more coming up, and I need to get more dates from him, have him send those next week, and we can start working on the ones in June. But this is all done just by David Lucas, so the David Lucas Financial and yeah, he's the host here at David Lucas Show. Hear him every Saturday, 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., right here at 101.1, The Answer. The free analysis reveals the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. That's right. You get your free analysis. Be one of the first 10 callers. And uh, it'll be absolutely free. You call 501-653-6690. Again, that number is 501-653-6690. It's your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. And I'll get with David uh, over the weekend. I'll send him some information, have him send us uh, the new dates. Because I'll tell you what, one of his, in, in some of his... Uh, um, special uh, summits basically that he has you're going to want absolutely you're going to want to take it 
get in there. And, and it doesn't hardly cost anything. And you will walk out with a ton of information that if you put it into practice, you can save, you know, there's a possibility you could save tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars. I know maybe for some of you, you know, retirement's a long way down the road. You know, you're thinking 30 years is a long time. I'm going to tell you real fast right now, 30 years pass by in the blink of an eye. Make sure you take good care of all of that. Make sure you don't lose out on a whole lot of money. Uh, That is uh, an important thing to keep uh, in mind. All right, so with what we've been talking about, um, you know, there's some other things that I want to get into uh, before we finish up the show today, but I don't want to get into a brand new topic um, here with about five minutes left. We may not be able to c- cover everything uh, as far as that. And, well, I've been talking, let me just say this. I've been talking about this whole merit based immigration plan that the president has come up with. And uh, Blumenthal, you know, the, the Clinton's lapdog out there, uh, he came out and had something to say about it. And, and he thinks that using merit as a methodology for immigration is somehow a terrible, terrible thing. Here's cut number nine. It's a real look into the soul of who Donald Trump is. He, I think, fails to realize how... He happens to be here in this country. It's because his grandfather came here, as did my father, without education, without speaking English. It is despicable demagoguery. Did you hear that again? Let me let me read that. I've got that last piece for you. Trump's merit-based immigration plan is, quote, despicable demagoguery, unquote. Our folks got here, and they came here, and uh, gosh, uh, you know, uh, they were let in, and, and, and they weren't well-educated. That's, that's amazing to me. I listen to this stuff, and I just want to bang my head against the wall. I just do. President's trying to do it right. Again, I go back and tell you the majority of European countries have merit-based immigration system. Uh, Australia, our northern neighbor, Canada, has merit-based immigration. It's not the right of anybody who wants to come to this country to be given the right to come to this country. There's a lot of people who wanted to come from Europe didn't get to come from Europe. They were turned away, and they were turned away in such a way that was uh, really bad. They got to Ellis Island. At Ellis Island, have you ever seen pictures of that and, and how you had to walk a long distance to get up to, uh, you know, the gate where they brought you in? You know why it was that way? Have you ever read about Ellis Island? It was done that way so they could look at you and see if you had any visible infirmities. And they thought you might be sick. That's one of the ways that they were uh, keeping track of uh, the people that were coming into the nation. And if you look like you had a problem, they would move you into a different lane. 
so that you had to go see the doctors. And if the doctors found out, and at that time they were really looking for uh, tuberculosis, they called it consumption, but they were looking for tuberculosis, they would turn you away. Now think about that. You you just took, took several weeks to get across the Atlantic Ocean. You may not have a penny to your name, and they say, go back. Can't stay here. I'm just saying, doesn't gar- just because you get to the border doesn't guarantee you get to stay here. I mean, right now, border apprehensions are like, what, 5,000 a, a day? I mean, we've already had over 500,000 this year. It's just, it's just amazing to me. The people can't get their heads around. Not everybody can come to the United States. I'll agree with everybody. It's the greatest place on earth. But people don't want to go to crap holes, all right? They're not looking to go to places that are are terrible. They want to come to some place that offers hope, offers, uh, you know, free stuff, which we do. So you got to control it. I mean, we got the magnet. The magnet is a simple one. Free stuff. We'll give you stuff. We'll take care of you for a while. That's amazing to me. All right, let's get to the news. I got last newscast for this week coming up uh, here on my show. And then we'll come back and finish talking here on the Dave Ellswick show about you know, what you might want to be doing during the weekend and things of that nature. I'll tell you what I thought of John Wick 3, give you my opinion of it. I think it's a great movie. You should go see it. Just know what you're stepping into. It is rated R. There's movies out there that are family movies that you might want to see if you're taking your family. All right, let's get to the news, and then there'll be more on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, I've made this whole transgenderism thing a big deal here on this show. A lot of people, when I first started doing it, saying, it's, it's just, an, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that's a passing phase. Well, now it's become much more than a passing phase. Whatever the left comes up with that is just absolutely crazy, believe that they will push it as hard as they can. And there's enough people don't have the common sense that God gave them to, uh, you know, and it brings, it makes me think of uh, Mark Twain all the time or Samuel Clement, who, who has said, you know, common sense ain't very common anymore. The bottom line is that they're, they're, they're buying into this whole thing about, um, you know, men that want to be women and women who want to be men. And uh, they're saying identification trumps biology. Thinking that you're something makes you something. We all know if we just take a minute and use a little common sense, you know that that's not true. One of the stories I heard uh, out of a high school here uh, in Arkansas is that there were some children uh, in the school that said they identified, listen, you got to listen to this, Russ, they identify as cats. They, 
They think they're cats, and when they're walking through the hallways and they're... And You're not talking the rum tum tigger type of thing. No, no, I'm not talking about memories. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who really think they identify as cats, and they meow in class when asked questions. And the school puts up with this. And the parents put up with this. Oh, I'm sure at the house... The parents are saying, it's just a phase. I just wonder if they say, uh, would you please call uh, my daughter, uh, you know, a Sy- you know a Siamese? Could you say, you know, what the answer is? Oh, by the way, that brings up something again. Things spur on other things. Did you hear who died today? Grumpy Cat. You remember all the memes of Grumpy Cat? A cat that had that real grumpy, like, passed away. He's gone on to meet his maker, I guess. He's going to the big, uh, you know, uh, scratch box in the sky, so to speak. But yeah, Grumpy Cat passed away. So I wonder if they're wearing black armbands at that school, these students who identify as cats. I don't know. Anyway, here's the story. This is a tragic story. Not funny. All right. Tragic story. This is from the New England Journal of Medicine. They published this very bizarre story. A transgender man. Now, that is a woman who is identifying as a man. Entered a hospital with severe abdominal pains. Because she was identified as a man, the doctors naturally did not think to treat her for labor and delivery, so she tragically lost the baby. Rather than emphasizing the danger of placing gender identity over biological sex, one based solely on science, the other based solely on what you feel like at the moment. Both the, you know, the, the, the hospital made a tragic mistake. But the uh, New England Journal of Medicine and the Washington Post made an absurd claim that the hospital should not have ruled out pregnancy for a man. All right. We all know that men can become pregnant, right? I mean, I that's why I've got maternity on my health insurance. Just in case, whoops, I find myself pregnant next week. Quote, he was rightly classified as a man in the medical records. And appears masculine, Dr. Uh, Dr. Daphne Struzma at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor wrote in the journal article. But, but, here you go, you ready? That classif- uh, classification threw us off from considering his actual medical needs. First of all, his actual medical needs. Did he have the right junk to be a guy? Something tells me yes. 
So you look up their gown, and you go, wow, what is this? This is weird. This is a woman who grew a penis. I'm just saying, common sense here. I... I, I read this stuff, and science have lost. Scientists have lost. Doctors have all lost their freaking minds. I go back, and I'll I'll make my point again. I can go out and stand all day in my garage and think I'm a car, but I'm not. I'm a human being. Most of the craziest stuff. I, I'm. I can't. I got to get that those bumper stickers out there. We'll save lives. I'm just telling you, Russ. We're going to save lives. Confused. Check your junk. People who are walking around actually thinking in their heads that they're they're uh, females are going to check their junk and go, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I'm a male. Or. Males thinking they're females going to check their junk and go, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I'm male. But try to save some lives here. Just saying. It's a real medical condition. I make light of it. I find humor is a great way of getting people to consider the inanity of some of the things that they believe. This one is a real, real big one. Did you know that many of the registered Democrats who claimed that they were suffering mental distress after Donald Trump won the 2016 presidential election uh, were embellishing their uh, their claims quite a bit? What a big surprise, right? What does it say about you? You know, I'm just saying. A new study comparing online searches to public surveys show that a significant portion of Democrats were likely over-reporting their stress or mental health issues, but doing so as a means to back their party. Our research suggests that for many Democrats, expressing mental distress after the election was a form of partisan cheerleading, right? The researchers, uh, Masha, Kruppenkin, David Rothschild, Shonda Hill, and Elad Yum Tov in their findings. Quote, clearly many Democrats were and are upset about the Republican victory in 2016. These findings do not invalidate those feelings, put their uh, depth and related actions into perspective. The so-called reverse cheerleading occurs when a person misreports or exaggerates a condition publicly in order to show support for their affiliated group or, in this case, their political party. Okay. Now, here's one that you won't see very often. Who is more likely to be victimized by teen dating violence? Going by the news that you hear all the time, Russ, and you and I hear more news than the average person does. Who is more likely to be 
victimized by teen dating violence? Is it girls or is it boys? Definitely girls. All right. If you think and you're quick to think that it's girls, new data now shows that we're wrong. In a surprising twist, recently published research indicates boys are more likely to report being victims of dating violence committed by partners who hit, slap, or push them. Researchers with the University of British Columbia and Simon Fraser University, two big universities up in the Vancouver area, conducted a longitudinal study of dating violence, and while reports of physical abuse went down over time, they say there is a troubling gender-related trend. 5% of teens reported physical abuse from their dating partners in 2013, down from 6% in 2003. But in the last year, 6% of boys reported dating violence compared to 4% of girls. It could be that it's still sociably accepted for girls to hit or slap boys in dating relationships. How many adults have told boys, I know she hits you. I know that that girl hit you, but you're a boy. Boys don't hit girls. So, Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. So they don't they don't strike back. So boys suffer from dating violence more than girls do. Interesting. That's that's kind of interesting. Opens up a whole new area for research so that uh, somebody can get a a government grant and get government money, taxpayers' money, to uh, to study it. So uh, get ready to open up your wallet. Somebody's going to need money to study this. All right, let's get our final break in. It's uh, 14 minutes before 6 here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. So we, we've been hitting it all over the place here. We talked about transgenderism here in the last few hours. Boys are get, get struck more than girls do in, in dating. We've talked about uh, immigration. We've, uh, we've talked about Democrats exaggerated, all that mental distress that they went through when Trump won the, uh, the election. Wow. We, we cover it all here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so let's finish up and uh, being a fun Friday. At least it was supposed to be that way, and I decided to, to cap off the week uh, going over the big stories that are sitting there that be facing you, and you'll be hearing about them, uh, about what's going on in the news over the weekend. Uh, believe me, you'll hear about Missouri and their new abortion, anti-abortion bill, you're going to hear about, uh, or pro-life, to be honest with you, uh, you'll hear about the pro-life bill in Mississippi, probably hear about the pro-life bill in Alabama. Um, so be aware that that's coming up. You're going to hear a lot about immigration over the weekend. If you're like me and you try to tune into one of, at least one of the Talking head shows, uh, that's stuff that's going to be coming up. So uh, I want to make sure that we... Uh, talked about those things a little bit this week Uh, i'm going to give you some family films to see take family to the movies enjoy yourself Uh, going to the movies uh, for me with my mom and dad was always a big affair Uh, 
You know, we'd go every couple of weeks, and that was a big deal. We went to the drive-in a lot. When we went into the indoor movie, that was back when you put on your good clothes. You know, Dad put a tie on to go see a movie, just the way it was back in, in, the, in the late 50s, early 60s, and probably up until just about the 70s. And that's uh, changed now, but it's still, I think, for most kids— it's a big deal, you know, to go and get a hot dog or sit with a big bucket of, of popcorn, a bag of popcorn and a soda, and you get to sit in these cool seats now, and you got the big sound systems on. That's a big deal. It's a lot of fun. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, my good friend R.D. Hopper. I want to remind you about him, and uh, he's your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Look, if you're a person who honestly says you do everything and you do it green, right, well, this is the person you need to use then because this is real recycling. This is when a car has been, uh, you know, said it's a total loss vehicle. It's been crunched up, can't drive it anymore, but that doesn't mean that all the parts in it don't work anymore. And so they take all those parts out and they sell them to you and they can be reused and they'll have warranties and they'll have guarantees. And you can really do a great job of truly recycling. I've always said, I've been honest with you about this, that I would go green when it saved me green. And uh, I have used uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage now over the last year, year and year and a half, two years, I guess. And I've saved thousands of dollars. So I've been more than happy to go green. And it's paid off for me. You should try it as well. Give them a call, 982-7451. Save money. Get a part that makes your car run as good as it did when it was new and um, do something for the environment. But remember, it saves you green. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts, 982-7451. Use Sunny's a lot. All right, here are the movies to go see if you're looking for family movies. Let's see, John Wick 3. No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not, let me say this again, that is not a family film, okay? I think the best family movie that is out there uh, for this weekend is A Dog's Journey. Dog's Journey uh, is rated PG, the sequel to the book-to-film adaptation of A Dog's Purpose, Bailey is living the good life on the farm of Ethan and Hannah. As Bailey's soul prepares to leave this life for a new one, he promises Ethan to find CJ and protect her as her daughter at any cost. Uh, st- starring Dennis Quaid and, and Marge Helen Berger, you know her from CSI, uh, should be a great family film for you to go see. Uh, other family films, you got Detective uh, Pikachu is out there still. And I would even say for kids that are oh, over seven years old, like uh, comic books, uh, The Avengers Endgame, if you haven't seen it already, uh, is a good family film as well. Uh, more on the adult side, you've got The Intruder, you have Long Shot, you have The Hustle, you have 
My movie pick of the weekend, which would be John Wick 3, know that there's bad language, know that there is excessive, excessive violence. Uh, There's a documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but it deals with uh, Arkansas Hail Satan. That's they're trying to put the uh, statue over there at the the state capitol. You got a a great uh, documentary about that and what was going on about it. A movie I hadn't heard about, but now that I see that it is out, I probably will go see, and that is Red Joan. Would like to see that. That's with uh, Judy Dench. Looks like a great movie. There's Palms. Uh, it's out at the theaters for a second week. Diane Keaton, Jackie Weaver, Pam Greer, and Alicia Bow. And uh, it's about a group of women who form a cheerleading squad at their retirement community, proving that, uh, quote, you're never too old to, quote, bring it, unquote. All right, so know that that's, uh, that's out there to see rate it PG-13. Uh, so that's, uh, that's your major movies that are out at the uh, theaters. Uh, go and see a movie this weekend if you've got time. Some good stuff out there next week. Brightburn's coming. Uh, and that's going to be a good one to see. Uh, I am looking forward on the 31st because that's Godzilla King of the Monsters. And there's other good movies at the same time coming out about that. I think Aladdin is coming out. Uh, it will be hitting the movie theaters as well. That wraps it up for this week. I'll be back on Monday. Short week for me next week. Are you going to a short week next week, uh uh, wild man? No, unless I just decide to give the reins over to Zach at some point. He probably will take that and do a great job. But yeah, I'm. So we got a three day weekend, uh, Memorial Day coming up uh, next uh, weekend. So I'm going to take Friday off as well. Some friends of ours and ourselves are going to head down to New Orleans. Going to go down there. Going to go to one of Lagazzi's restaurants down there. Going to see the World War II Museum as well. Yeah. I'll walk up and down Bourbon Street a couple of times. Just to, Bourbon Street is like Walmart. You just never know what you're going to see when you get over there. All right, so I'll talk to you on Monday. Keep that in mind. We'll be back here at 2. Remember, God gave you a whole week of life. Give him one day to talk to you. I'm Dave Ellswick. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com